When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, 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 welcome to Knife Talk. It's a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers, anyone who's interested in knife making or knives or whatever. I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. With me is the captain, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, and His Highness, Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts. <laughs> Mareko, how are you this week? I'm doing all right. Actually, today or this week was a good week. Um, I overhauled my grinding room. I completely, which means, like, I, I had this, uh, the way it was arranged was not, like, shui at all. Uh, I had, like, oh, feng one. Shui. I, okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I have one entrance. Shway. Shway. It's what all the kids say these shway. days. Man, that's sway. <laughs> that's the name of the show. There you go. Super sway. <laughs> um, it's surfer surfer lingo. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, I have one walkway from my entrance from the uh, into the shop that went through the grinding room and then into like the the rest of the shop. My grinding room's isolated, and then I had a second walkway that basically went to my grinders. But that was basically it. And it's like a it's like a 12 by 12 room. And I had hardly any room to get it. It was just a fucking clusterfuck. So I was tired. I'd been thinking about what I needed to do for a while. And I've been putting it off. And I said, fuck this. I'm getting in, in there. And I, um, and I did it. And now I have 8 by 8 square feet that's completely clear. Like room to walk around. Basically, I kind of push things against all the different walls in the grinding room. So that that I so that I just had more room to kind of turn around. Like I hardly mm. even had room to turn around in the way hmm. it was organized before. Super frustrating. So uh, that's been good. And you know, I spent a couple days trying to get that together. There's still a bit of kind of cleanup. Like I got the big things. I got I got the shelves and the grinders resituated. I got the drill presses all situated and everything. I have a big like work table that I do my hand sanding at that's all situated but there's a lot of like little stuff all over the surfaces of these things that need to be kind of either thrown Standard. away or reorganized and put put yeah exactly put put away so um so that's been good otherwise I've been working on some Damascus I actually posted a couple times this week wow, wow. Uh, <laughs> on Instagram for like the first time uh it, I've been really really inconsistent uh, honestly, like over the last six months or even po- probably even longer uh, with my Instagram posts. And um, 
And so I just, I'm just trying to get back in there and, and be more effective with just like helping and sharing and showing what I'm working on in the shop more than anything. Um, and uh, there are just a couple little quick videos about the Damascus pattern that I'm working on right now. Uh, and, and how I'm, some some of my little jigs that I use, and I I just used a, like a, a a quick editing app on that on my phone called Splice to just put the videos together. But I think they came together good, and they're fun. My my kid liked them at least. <laughs> That's the, what counts. The, my kid thinks I'm cool. <laughs> the kidding the cutting jig was awesome. That was like that cutting jig video was really 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 cool to see. That was really neat. Yeah. I was telling my wife, I was, I, I actually, the first time I made a jig like that for splitting square stock on the diagonal from point to point or corner to corner was uh, when I worked for Bob Kramer still. And I don't know what possessed me to put it in the video, but I was like, oh, I'll just throw that in there, like a quick little clip showing this thing. And I had so much positive feedback. I was completely kind of blown away because my thought was like, I don't know how else. I would split square stock <laughs> from diagonally, you know? Um, so for the listeners who don't follow you on Instagram, yeah, which ahead. I would be surprised if they don't, can you describe the jig? Yeah, so the jig is a half-inch thick plate that's like three inches by three inches, and it's got a couple, I think it's uh, one-and-a-half-inch or one-and-a-quarter-inch pieces of angle iron. And... You know, they're both also like two and a half, three inches long. And basically, they come together like a couple mountains. Like on, uh, I don't know. Legs you, down. Like a, like, so on yeah, angle, legs the legs down. down. Legs down yeah, and, the, so, and then the angle's facing up. Mm. Right. Yeah. So it's got it's got like a cradle, basically, that helps support the square stock as I push it through. So I can split it from corner to corner. I know I just did my things with my hands to make it look like a cradle. Fine, <laughs> Nobody listening it. can actually YMCA. explain it. <laughs> uh, and so, and then... And so those are elements for that square stock that I split is part of a very complicated pattern that I've been trying to figure out and put together, honestly, for a couple of years. Um, and I finally, it's actually funny, last Easter, we gave my son a basket that had these like weird geometrical shapes on them. And it it can literally like there was a l unlock in realization in my brain. I was like, "Holy shit! I think I can use this to figure out that pattern that I've been trying to figure out forever," and it worked perfectly. Or it's so far, it's going good. So, um, so I got I just got actually just like five ten minutes ago I got finished forging that billet down to a, like three quarter inch square stock. Now I got to split that up forge it back together and then i will tile from there to then forge a blade out of it um so that's basically i've just been forging and cool. cleaning up my grinding room a bit what i liked week. about that jig was that you'd cut a relief in between the angles so you could oh, actually yeah, yeah. use the jig as a slide so the jig slides on the tabletop and right. then it, it, it yeah it's not there's fixed a relief to the cut so yeah. there's a relief cut so you can actually get the saw to cut in between on the diagonal and hold it in place. It was really kind of, it was a really neat. And then I would imagine you put like a straight edge or something, some kind of guide to make sure that you're not kind of like skeetering over the side. Yeah. I mean, because the two angle iron coming together, create a nice cradle for the square stock to sit in. Um, as long as like the table that I'm resting the jig on is good and flat and perpendicular to the saw blade, it should, 
cut really nice and straight. And all I did was I just kind of darkened out that corner. And then I went and rubbed it on um, a piece of sandpaper and that I have stuck to some, some marble. And it just took the slightest little bit off that corner. So that brightened up the corner while the, the material on either side was dark. And that gave me my, my kind of my, my guide for following it. And yeah, it, I, I keep it, I don't fix it, affix it to the table because the blade does drift and go all over the place. Right. So it allows me to kind of steer it. So, yeah. Very cool. Nice. That must have been some good sandpaper you use in Morocco. The best sandpaper. <laughs> it's in Dasa sandpaper. <laughs> More on that later. <laughs> Jeff. But well, otherwise, that's it. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. What's Let's been going it. on? The, I, can, I tell you what, we'll talk tools. Today might be tool day because I had quite an interaction with someone that I kind of know on, on, on in, uh, Facebook. Uh, I got a message. I did some work today, but this is the, this is the more interesting story. So uh, half in the beginning of the week, um, I got a message on Instagram uh, Messenger, a Facebook Messenger from this guy I know, you know from a few years ago. He's an older sculptor. We don't really know each other very well, but he sent me this message, and he says, Hey, I'm clearing out my shop. Do you know anybody who... And I have this uh, blacksmith's vice. Do you know anybody who would be interested in it? Now, Mareka, if you heard someone say a blacksmith vice, what do you picture? I picture a leg vice. Exactly. That would be so, my, Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's what you think. You think of like a post vice or leg vice, so... Yeah, you know, one side is goes all the way the the part that mounts to the yes, sir. I'm here. Yes, sir. I'm here. Don't just ask Morocco questions. There's two of us here. Come on, Craig. When I say blacksmith vice, what do you what do you what do you? I was imagining like a leg vice, you know, or like the (laughs) yes, you know, like a post vice. I apologize. (laughs) That That was outrageous of me, and I apologize. (laughs) I completely apologize. You're right. From now on, I apologize. That's that's an outrage, and you're correct for raising your hand and scolding me. (laughs) I apologize. Let me keep going. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to include you in the next part of this, the Craig. You're, you're oh, on shit. deck, so prepare yourself. <laughs> so a leg vice is, is it gets mounted to the side of a, you know, like a table. It goes the, the, the part that there's a, there's a mounting thing that goes to the top of the table or a post. And then there's, it goes all the way to the ground like a post and then you can and in the middle there's usually like something you can attach to the back of whatever your table is and stuff like that and then halfway down there's like a, a piece of steel that's got like a hinge on it and then you have the other top part and there's a big screw blah 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 right so i said to him well send me a picture and uh send me a picture and uh tell me what you want for it so he sends me a picture and then it's all on the floor you know like he 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 takes all the parts and put them on the floor, and there's the top mount, and then there's the the bracket and the the parts that come with it. And I don't really pay attention. I'm just like in my. I'm very fortunate that I know Jesse Savage. And I, he and I I talk to him often. Probably should talk to him more. But he's the best. But when it comes to old tools, I'll send a picture to him and say, "What do you think this is worth?" Because he really does know about anvils and anything blacksmith related. He knows. But now that I know that Craig is a blacksmith, I should have sent it to you the picture. <laughs> So I sent him the picture, and Craig, I said to him, I just gave him the whole, you know, exactly what it was and blah, blah, blah. And I sent him a picture, and, wh- and I said, what do you think it's worth? Craig, what do you think the post vice is worth? Is this what he thought it was worth? I want you to think what you think it's worth. Oh, uh, over here they are 30, 40 euros, which is probably 30, 40 dollars. Do you know what, Craig? I should have gone to you from the they're, first they're one. I should have gone to you for the. 
I should have gone to you for the first one. So in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, post vice, you know, in good shape around here, like, you know, 400 bucks, 350 what? bucks, 400, 300 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, they ah. are, you know, they're when they're, when they're correct. Mm. So Craig's, so, so Jesse, so I'm thinking this guy wants like a couple hundred bucks, whatever. So immediately Jesse writes back $50 mm. and I'm like, whoa, I'm going to make this guy real mad. Because this guy obviously thinks he has something. He thinks he has like the leg vice from like George Washington's estate, or this is the leg vice that was at the, like like this was the leg vice from like the Pilgrims. This is Plymouth Rock leg vice. <laughs> so I said to Jesse, "So why do you think it's worth that? Because I got to tell this guy something. I can't just say fifty bucks." He went out of his way to reach me. You know, I, I identify as a blacksmith. So, so he says, "Well, there, this part, the, if on a leg vice, sometimes the outside part of the vice where the jaws are, where the screw uh, handle meets the that bar, if you over tighten it, what can happen is you can actually bend that part of the vice, and then what happens is that it makes the teeth out of the jaws out of alignment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah." So he says, so I can already tell just by the picture that that part's, that part's uh, warped. It's bent. You're going to have to fix, you have to take it apart. You're going to have to put it back in the forge. You're going to straighten it, whatever. And then I was just like, oh, I better figure out some other things because this dude's going to be mad. So I'm looking and I said, all right, well, I got to rebuild the handle. The handle's busted off at the end. And then I said, oh, there's no spring. So on a leg vise, a spring isn't like a coil spring. It's like a bar, a hardened steel bar that's bent. And then you mount it on the inside of it, how it attaches to the wall, and then it's at an angle. So as you, as you close this, the, the handle, you turn the handle to close the vise, it causes tension on that spring. So when you're opening it up, the, the spring acts as a release. Like it helps you assist opening the thing. So I write to the guy. So I'm, so I'm, I, said, I said to myself, all right, just throw in an extra 50 bucks. You can't do 50 bucks. The guy's going to fucking come to the shop and beat you over the head. And I said, I'll give you 100 bucks, and here's why. And I said, this part is bent, and I explained the bent part. I said, I'm gonna have to re- so I'm going to have to rebuild that, take it apart, reheat it up, reforge it, whatever. I said, and the handle is a bit broken. i got to fix that, too, and then there's no spring. I leave it alone, go back to work. I don't really know this guy very well, but at the same time, you know, I do, but I don't. Yeah. I get this message back that is, he's furious. Oh, Furious with me. <laughs> totally oh, wow. furious with me. So the first, so I, and I even sent him a picture of my, when I, to describe the, the spring, I took a picture of my leg vice or my post vice with the spring, where the spring's supposed to go and his wasn't there. Hmm. First thing he says is the picture you sent was a different model than mine. Mine didn't come with a spring. And in regards to it being bent, it isn't bent. There's nothing bent. It's straight as an arrow. When I look at what these are worth, they're worth over three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> your price is too. Your price is, you know, I, I expect more than that. So, he's defensive. Yeah. So when we when we hear people who are defensive, what do we know? We know that they when someone's defensive, they're defensive because they think that you're trying to take something from them. Yeah. In his mind. He's already spent the money. Yeah. So he's already spent the money. So he's not trying to have one over on you. He genuinely believes it's worth more. He can't, he doesn't know that a model, this thing, and I said, I so I sent a message to Jesse. I'm like, yeah, the guy's pissed at me. He's, and he, I got on the phone with him and Jesse's like, yeah, these motherfuckers, they don't know anything. Mm. He says, he, I sold him a thing. He says, a model, what did you get this out of? You didn't get this from Walmart. This is like <laughs> a thing that was made a hundred years ago. You know, this isn't a model situation. All these, when you see these post fights, 
to be complete, they have to have the spring. Mm. You know, it's just, otherwise it's just like, you know, so he got it secondhand or whatever. So whatever, what it was, so he's screaming and hollering at me. And I just like, instead of just like scolding him, he came to me, he knows that I'm, I identify as a blacksmith and then he didn't like my answer. So I just basically chalked it up to another baby boomer who feels entitled and that they, that they're, uh, that he was expecting all this money. And then I just lashed out. I didn't lash out and I said, good luck. And that was the end of it. Yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna fucking give this dude you know what for but it's like come on man i mean yeah they are literally <laughs> 10 a penny around here so it's it's quite common to like villages to have like big like jumble sales you know and right. everybody in the village goes out and they put up their tables and everybody goes around and you can always see a dozen of them every little village you go to there, there'll be a dozen of them every time and yeah 30 40 euros you can easily get one yeah so that's like 70 bucks wow like no, 60, no. 70, 60, Euro, 50, 60 Euro, bucks. Yeah, yeah, probably about 50 bucks, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this if this was in mint condition, I, I would, when I saw it originally, I thought, okay, good, you know, if a Chris, if you get a Chris Cash leg vice, it's mm. going to be, he's not going to give you the bullshit. Right. He's not going to give you the, he's not going to say, hey, here's the blacksmith. He's going to give you it correct. What Chris Cash, Mount Phillip Metalworks does is he gets them and then he repairs them. Same thing with uh, uh, blacksmith tools, uh, Andrew Alexander. They'll repair them, and if there's like a part missing, they'll fix it or repair it. So, this is what happens. This is the reason why all these blacksmiths get ripped for like anvils and stuff because these people they just see money and then they, you know, they get mad when you accuse them of, you know, not having the right thing. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's ridiculous. People people selling stuff on Facebook is never going to go well. Well, he went to me direct. He went to me direct because he, I think he assumed. That I was just gonna be like, I'll buy it from you, three hundred fifty bucks. You got it. Here you go. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have anything. And it has nothing. You know, right? Tim Brown wants yeah, to know that. if I said I'm with you, and I said no. I said good luck. I wrote good luck, and I was like, fuck you. I didn't say fuck you. I was in my mind. I told my wife, I'm just like, I fuck this guy. Go ahead and sell your fucking thing. And I hope I hope he sells it to someone who knows, and he's gonna say, where's all the rest of this shit for yeah. three hundred fifty bucks? Right. Yeah, I was. I was going to add, you know, another thing to look for is the screw, the actual uh, lead screw or, um, God, what else is it called? Anyways, the screw that opens and closes the vise. If uh, an issue, potential issue with some springs is that they're too tight. And that's usually an issue, especially if somebody had to replace the spring. Right. And it's putting too much pressure and it ends up rubbing against the screw and unnecessarily wearing it or prematurely wearing it out. I actually saw a leg vise at, we got a recycle place here in Olympia. It was a giant fucking leg vise. I was like, holy shit, this thing, it was like a 200 pound leg vise at an eight inch jaw. I was like, oh my God, what do they want for this thing? I go and talk to the guy or I open it up and the lead screw is fucked. So oh, yeah. that has to be replaced right off the bat. I just looked it up. A lead screw, a two, two, two to two and a half inch lead screw is uh, $120. Jeez. So that's that's out the window right there. So Unless and, you paid so, 25 bucks for it, maybe it's worth it. Exactly. And so I go and talk to the guy, and he's like, oh, I, I told him that I saw the thing out there, and I was kind of trying to play dumb a little bit. And he's he's like, well, what do you think? What do you think it's worth? And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm just getting into this. And um, I, I tried to – because, like, when it comes to the negotiation game, Jeff – or uh, Craig will know this from his car sales days. But the first person <laughs> to name a number <laughs> – 
is the fucking loser. So yeah. I wanted him to give me a price first. Oh. And um But he's looking at you it, with your Momasi Fire Arts t shirt on. Your no, Massey Fire Arts t shirt. None of that stuff. Giant arms. <laughs> carrying a hammer in your hand. <laughs> you know. Um <laughs> and uh and he wouldn't give me a number. And he really insisted on me. I was just like, I really don't know. And I, I wouldn't give him a number. And he's just like, oh. And he just, he ended up driving the conversation somewhere. He was trying to sell me on something else, a, a different vice that was broken. And I was like, okay, he doesn't want to sell that thing. But I was like, I, I, I mean, while that would it could have been a great vice with a, a good screw, it's it's not worth much without that screw. I mean, right there, it's $120 right off the top, where normally something like that, like Jeff was saying, would be, around three I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 300 350 dollars i paid i got a good price on mine mine's a 180 pound leg vice uh with a six inch jaw i got it for 200 bucks i mean that, that like makes sense sw- blacksmith swap me but yeah i but even the said number one sc- thing to me was the, was the screw i even said to the all guy, the other can be work? replaced yeah i said does it work and he didn't you know and the funny thing is we're saying it works <laughs> the leg vices sometimes they, the jaws don't meet right. You know, if it, right. I mean, so for some people, if you're just trying to hold something, you don't really care is one thing. But, I mean, working correctly, there's a lot that can go wrong on a vice that doesn't work correctly, you know? And it's like, yeah. you know, it was annoying. I, if it was 50 bucks, I, I, even if it was 50 bucks, I think it would have been like, it is almost too much work to do. You know, there was, True. so, there you I go. Know, I, would love, I would love to see Cliff... And the, and you guys from the Modern Forge forge out a leg vice, a pretty fucking slick. Who did, who made a leg vice? Um, I think it was I want to say one of uh, one of the Carbondale guys. Oh yeah. I'll get back to it. Craig, how was your week? Good, good. I mean, I didn't meet any hundred and eighty pound things with a wonky jaw and a good screw i I mean i've been a few girls like that but (laughs) (laughs) um my week has been another crazy one it just seems as if the last two months have been crazy so it's it's what they call the grand vacances here in france which is the uh july and august nothing happens in france everybody is basically on holiday um it was that finished this week or the end of last week um so i had family over um we ate our own weight in meat basically for, wow. for the week it was yeah it was a bit crazy um and that was great um i <laughs> my twin daughters who are two um they started school on thursday and big day you know first day of school so it's a long day over here school so it's eight thirty till four thirty, and you know and they're only two you oh, know shit. and it's like wow so you know they're basically we're dropping day. them off somewhere with people they've never met speaking a language they've never you know they don't you know, speak. So it was really stressful. So anyway, so we dropped them off. Um, it went surprisingly well. They went in and they basically told me to go home. They were like, Papa, go home. We're good. You know? And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, That's okay, great. work starts for me now. I'm back to full-time work. All of a sudden, me and my wife are just like, we've got time. What's, what's going on? So, you know, I haven't worked full-time for properly full-time for two years. So I'm like, I go back to the shop straight into it. I'm back in the shop. This is great. We get a phone call from the school. Um, could you please come and pick them up? Then they're, they're not very happy. And we're like, ah. Oh. So, oh, no. so this was about, I was in the shop for about two hours. And then we get the phone call. Um, but half an hour away, so we jump in the car, we go and pick them up. And th- yeah, it was just devastation. They, they were just heartbroken. Why? Um, 
I think it's, it's that thing that they're, they're, they're far younger than everybody else in their class. So their class is up to five years old because they're, they're small schools here. Oh, wow. So it's not as if there's, you know, lots of kids to feed these schools. So they were, you know, they were, they were the babies. The teachers didn't speak any English, so they couldn't really communicate with them. They just felt completely lost, you know. So anyway, we're okay. So we bring them home and, you know, we cheer them up. They're happy, you know, before they go to bed. We're like, school tomorrow? And they're like, yeah, they're excited again. We get them excited again for school tomorrow. Oh, my God. So we go this morning and um, we're driving up to the school now and we could hear these screams and wailing going on. We're like, oh, what the hell's going on? So we get the kids out. And we basically walk into this classroom. There's there's 25 kids, five and under, Every one of them is crying, screaming. There's kids huddled up in the corner. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, thankfully, our kids were great. And they went in, they played. But I just looked up and there was, I mean, they, they've got like a couple of teachers in this class, you know, like teachers, aides and all the rest of it. Um, I looked up and one of the teachers just put on loud music and just started dancing in the middle of all these crying kids. It's like, what else could she do? She can't console every kid. So she's yeah. just trying to distract them. And it was just like, oh, yeah. But, but it went Direction. well. It went well. They, they we only put them in till lunchtime today. We thought we can't leave them all day again, and and they were fine. That's they true. were good. So I've this week I've had a grand total of four hours in the shop. Wow, four hours, yeah, boy. Um, and it's amazing what can go wrong in four hours. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first off, um, I've had a number of messages from people about the folding knives, which I'd promised would be launched today. Um, in in email campaigns that I've sent out and so on. That's not happening. Um, I've got an issue with a payment provider, and it's going to take a while to sort out, uh, well, a couple of days at least. Um, so I'm going to put that off till next Friday. So next Friday, I'm going to launch it on the show, the the folders. Um, the first 20 are going to be numbered as well. So the first 20 to people to get in, they're going to get a nice numbered version of it. Um, but I've had another issue, which I thought could be a nice talking point of this week as well. So... Whenever I design a knife, everything that I do starts sort of on screen. Um, so all my designs, I from the screen I design them, I will then like 3D print like a prototype of it and I'll work with that for a while. Particularly with these folder knives, I did that because um, there's lots of moving parts. So until um, I dial everything exactly in as I want it, so the feel is right and everything is right. But there's always a bunch of constraints every time. Um, and this brings me on to my packaging. So um trying to get everything right, ready for launch. The packaging I had sent, and it, it's quite beautiful packaging. I really like it. Um, but one of the constraints that I had, the sort of design constraints that I had, is these knives are obviously a lot smaller than a, a chef knife or, you know, a standard kitchen knife. Um, but as the majority of my customers are abroad, the package needs to be big enough to have a shipping label on there. And the shipping labels are quite large now, um, you know, we need to send it so many different forms now, particularly if it's going to the UK. It's a nightmare. It's a bunch of forms you need to attach. So the packaging, one of the constraints I had with the design of the packaging, it needed to be big enough for the packaging, for, sorry, for the shipping label to attach without any folds because there's, you know, they have QR codes and all sorts of things now to uh, to, to stick on them. So, so that was one of my constraints. Another constraint that I had was I'm 3D printing these inserts to hold the knife in place in each box as well. Um, so in order to print them fast, I've got, a, I've got a couple of 3D printers here, but the smallest one, I needed to be able to print on the bed of that. So the packaging needs to be small enough that I could print the inserts on, but big enough for the packaging labels. 
So there's a bunch of constraints there, and this is just for the packaging, let alone the actual knife itself. Um, so I then come to, I mean, I've, I've made a bunch of these knives, which um, which I've, I've sent one to each of you guys, um, taken them to the oh. post office, um, only to be shown a new shipping label, which has changed since I had ordered my packaging. And it's two inches bigger. And it's like, fuck, it doesn't fit on this packaging. And I'm like, oh, oh shit. The whole thing was designed around this. That You know, this was my, the biggest constraint. The packaging has actually been a lot smaller than it is. But it was made this big for that reason. And I'm like, this. fuck, what do I do now? You know, I'm going to have to stick this in like in a shipping bag, which is, you know, it's just it's not part of the sort of experience that I wanted. Um, but thankfully, we did get around it. So um, that strangely, it was a lovely lady in the post office this time. She phoned another post office and they had the old labels, which is still valid, but they still had a bunch of them. So I drove down and I've got, I've got like 200 of these labels now, which I can use. So this packaging isn't dead. But it got me thinking about constraints when we're designing things. Um, and I really do believe that constraints sort of breed creativity. If, if you put a constraint on yourself, you're going to have to think in, in this literally outside the box but you're going to have to think slightly differently and I was thinking about the other constraints that I, I tend to work to um, so another obvious one is um, handle sizes um, I buy my G10 in certain sizes and if I if I use them widthwise I can cut down a lot more than if I was to use the sheet lengthwise so I take that in consideration when I design my knife Obviously, performance and you know usability is always is always the main factor. But if I can fit it into other stuff, you know, great. Um, another thing is Kydex sheets. If I split them three ways, I, I can make three sheaths out of one sheet. Where if I change the dimension slightly, I'd maybe have a lot more waste. That kind of thing. So that I've got all these constraints that I sort of work to when I'm making a knife. And I'm wondering whether you guys have constraints in your design as well and whether you think it hinders you or whether it makes you think um, outside the box and whether it can sort of push your, creativi- push your creativity a bit more. I'm wondering what you guys sure. think. Jeff, over to you. That was a good one. You Constraints, know, I tell you- breeding creativity, true or false? True. I think that some of the best ideas come from having some sort of constraints. I mean, I love taking art classes because we, we could, they didn't say just make whatever you want. I love the classes where they say, okay, this project we're going to do a life-size cow or this one we're going to do a chair or this one we're going to do. I love that. I love, why is Restream, ma- all right, if you're listening to this on the, are you listening to this on Monday, you can join us on Friday and you can be in live. And you can communicate. So we have people, Griffin's Handmaids here, and Br- uh, Brigham Kindle here, Tim, t- uh, Tim Brown, bl- EKT3 Shooters here. But Restream, the people who, the people who, this can't possibly be Restream, right? This, that's me. That's me. So Griffin's Handmaid just, has just asked, um, I'm, a, I'm a mark in the contents, knife or cutlery. Um, and I replied, art. I'm marking okay. it as art. Uh, okay, we're not so I got nervous it. because I thought... No. I didn't realize that... <laughs> all right, so in the comments, <laughs> I thought Restream was like the CEO of Restream listening and being like, oh, he's talking about art. You know, so I thought I was getting trolled for a second. So that regardless, um, I, loved it. I loved the idea of... I think it's funny. I was just like, whoa, what's up, CEO of Restream? I love the idea. I love the idea of having constraints. I hate... in. It, it, it is it, my 
constraints have been I've gotten too many different sizes that I my packing hat can't be I would love to have packing uh, materials that are standard I want to have a better box I love a box um that's what she said. Um, that's what she said. That's what noise. What he said, or she said, whatever. <laughs> Your mom's mom oil, Jeff. That's Some old old oil. That's a. That's a. That's a. Oh, oh, for all you O and A guys here, your mom's box. Um, yeah, you know, I. I it, it is. It, there. Some of the constraints frustrate the shit out of me, but mm. like you know, I in, in regards to Kydex, I figured out. The uh, on a sh- giant sheet of Kydex, how I have to cut them, and I can do everything with that lim- limited waste. Yeah. I think my measurement was like seven inches by a little twelve inches, and I can cut everything down by that exactly, and then it's enough for all the different sizes, and I don't have a lot of waste. But you're right. The answer is you're right. Constraints. Okay. <laughs> but however, back to your shipping because that that fucking fucked me up. I recently got something from Fingal, a knife from Fingal Ferguson, and he stuck it in one of those poster tubes. Right. Would yeah. that help? Yeah. I mean, that's how I used to ship my knives anyway, in the poster tubes. Um, but yeah, but I'm just going through a, diff- a different style of, of packaging, okay. basically. Um, and yeah, I did that to- for a long time, and that worked, worked well. The biggest issue then is when people rip off the top. And they're, they're sticking their hand in or they people generally put their hand on the bottom of the tube and shake it out and if the big spiky thing comes down and goes through the hand it's you know it's not oh ideal. yeah yeah it's know? not good and yeah. then tomer wraps his in like a dhl bag yes yes he does yeah yeah so th- that would have been my last sort of call if it was a case of the uh I couldn't get it to fit around the packaging. We'd have had to go into a chipping bag right. and put the label on that, you know, which which wouldn't be the end of the world. But it's just that I spent so much time specifically di- designing for this label. But um, all isn't lost, thankfully. That's a good. You had a good question, Mareka. You answer it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it a little bit more. Yeah. What other yeah. constraints you go through with your design, basically? Okay. Yeah. So constraints wise, I. I think the biggest constraints I struggle with or kind of design and work around are honestly when I'm designing and making my patterns and I'm limited by my tooling of what I can actually do. And because I'm forging under a press, that also affects the way the pattern flows. And so I am des- I, I am kind of planning out how I'm going to forge things and what, what kind of activity I'm going to try to impart because I know that because I'm forging under a press, it's going to do certain things versus if I was forging either by hand or forging under, especially under a power hammer, it moves the material differently. Um, and then also what kind of drawing dies I have been tooling up on like what in the last six months I made drawing dies then I got these squaring dies now and those have really helped. Um, but there are still a lot of, for a long time, there were a lot of limitations that I was where I just basically had flat draw like forging dies mm. that I was using to make my Damascus and really not much else. I had stop blocks. Like that's it. Um and so I was I wanted to kind of step outside of the box and create new patterns. Um but I'm also restricted, like I said, by my tooling. So it's it's just been um yeah, kind of looking at the box that you're kind of stuck in and figuring out how to make it work. Um but I do think it has Sorry, what was that? I was just wondering, do you think that's made you a better maker because you've had to sort of deal with those constraints and you, you have to think of creative creative ways around it and it's made you, as I say, a better maker? Yeah, I don't know if it's... 
I don't know if it's necessarily made me a better maker. I know it's made me a much more experienced maker because a lot of, uh, like I said, the weight, forging under press versus forging under hammer and, uh, and otherwise, it moves the material differently. And there are a lot of things that I did not anticipate when I was making a particular pattern. And then I was stuck with material that I didn't know what to do with mm -hmm. because it didn't move and do what I wanted it to do. And it was from, and that's, I guess maybe that's another constraint I have, especially when I was making from a starting billet of like 12 pounds of steel, you have all this steel that you basically have fucked up. And now you're like, well, okay, how do I fix this so it looks interesting and I can actually make something out of it? And so then working within just the constraints of, of making mistakes and then trying to turn them back into something meaningful and, and interesting. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, there was a, there have been a lot of lessons learned and a lot more experience. Again, I don't know if it necessarily makes me a better maker, but I think um, through those experiences, I have I, I understand I have a, a much deeper understanding of how the material moves, hmm. uh, which has helped, which has lent to my ability to design and, and create patterns that people haven't seen before. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I have one more thing that was the constraint that I regret that I had for quite a while was I was buying steel in a certain size. When I was doing stock removal knives, I was having a hard time finding specific uh, thickness and length, uh, the width of steel. And I was constantly just buying two inch by eighth or two inch by three thirty seconds or two inch by sixteenth. And I realized that I was start in the beginning, I was designing things based on the steel that I had. And then I realized that I could, that I found a place I could buy steel in different sizes. Hmm. And then that allowed me to be able to do other things without, and it, it frustrated the shit out of me that it took me so long to realize, well, you can do different things, dummy. You just have to find a different, you have to buy steel in different sizes. Yeah. You literally had physical constraints of the, the dimension. Yeah. Physical, physical constraints based yeah. on, you know, there, there was a lot of, you know, hair pulling and it was dumb and it took me a long time to realize that I'm making my own constraints, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I mean, we've all got that one constraint, which is obviously cost anyway, because, you know, none of us have unlimited pots to buy the right tools and equipment that we need. Um, but we can save you money. So if that's a constraint of yours when it comes to heat treating. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. So hopefully that's a constraint that we can get out of. We can all get ourselves a good heat treat oven. And if you go to uh, knife talk, knifetalk.net forward slash heat, or look in the description. We're, there's going to be a link in the description too. That'll take you to Soul Ceramics, who are a distributor of Even Heat, and it'll apply a discount automatically for you of $75 um, and free shipping in the US. So yeah, if that's a constraint that you currently have, which is your heat treat, um, we can save you some cash so go ahead and do that and definitely go through the link don't there's no promo code for for soul ceramics you have to go through that specific link and it applies the code direct automatically exactly exactly okay do we have any any raging talking points jeff this week uh well we have the listener questions we have tough scenarios we have listener feedback we have a lot of listener feedback so should we keep the listener feedback for the after show? Is this more sort of show-related, maybe? 
I mean, it's not none of it's. I mean, none of it's hilarious. If, if you're hoping for like some, you know, some, sh- you know, put on your seatbelts because this one's going to be a good one. I mean, some none zingers. of them are like. Yeah, none of them are like. Oh, I can't wait to read this one. Get. I'm going to get my Kleenex ready to wipe my tears. I mean, they're fine. Whatever <laughs> you want to do. I'm glad you said tears. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I'm outraged. Let's do a dilemma. I've I've started to enjoy these. Okay. And so, I, I also enjoyed looking at the chat and seeing what people think I'm going to say. People yes. seem to think I'm a I'm a tough bastard, and I'm Do, really not. <laughs> listen to the, to people listening to this podcast. This this uh, tough scenarios answered honestly or phony. Craig is the grand champion because he is answering the way I was. I want I I listen to other podcasts, and I think most of the people on other podcasts are phony. They're saying things because in their mind they want to be inspiring. So what they do is they say the heroic thing to say because they're trying to make sure that people don't realize that they're human garbage. And I would rather them just admit that they're human garbage and just be fine with it and just be like, this is the way it is. So this is my thing. So, so if you, when I read the tough scenario, we talk about it and you either answer, you're answering honestly, or you're being a phony. And you know, so far as, as I'm concerned is this is Craig's, this is Craig's shining moment of glory. I mean, there's, so if you're in the chat, you feel free to either, you can add tough scenarios. Don't add the sex stuff. The sex stuff is so lowbrow. I refuse to talk this sex stuff with these two. Anybody, honestly, it's just like grotesque. And um, answer, you guys answer too, if you're in the chat. So we're just a warm up, just a warm up. This one comes from Maximus Knives. This is the closest thing I'm going to get to any kind of sexual thing because I really do find it to be lowbrow. That's why this is, just to let you know also, is the easy <laughs> question. This whole show is pretty lowbrow. <laughs> Let's face it. Come on, man. Come on. We, this, is, this is good audio. As long as the tracks are, on, <laughs> tracks are in line, it's perfectly good mind control. Okay. This one comes from uh, Maximus Knives. You make a knife for your celebrity dream crush, and instead of a cash payment, they offer you a night of passion. And there is no way your significant other would find out. Do you go for it or do you tell them to pony up the dough? I just assume that this is a slam dunk, easy warm up question, but feel free to. This is a one, he's also saying this I is would a once definitely a slip him the eight inch Western style chef knife. <laughs> You look at you. You are the. You are the. Best. This is yours to win every single week. <laughs> every single week. Just finishing off with a sip of Chardonnay, a little bit of Malbec to wash that fucking beauty down. With. <laughs> You're the man. <laughs> I would slip him this eight-inch chef knife and then sippy poo. I love it. With that was the, I want you to answer. I want you all your answers to have a sip at the end. That's great. <laughs> Um, so, sorry, go back to the question. I was, I was being silly. The, the, the question is, would, would, would I, would I sleep with my celebrity crush if my wife didn't yeah. and just didn't know? Yeah. Do you not? Okay, this is going to make me sound like a crazy man. This is going to sound like, make me sound like a crazy man. Do you not have a list, you and your wife, of people that if they're on the list, it's fine. We'd both no. be like, yeah, it's fine. I mean. Really? Oh yeah, there's a list, yeah. and you know, there's never a chance of us even meeting these people. Right. It's just an imaginary list. And we yeah. both understand. <laughs> if my wife had the chance to sleep with Bradley Cooper, I'd be go for it. This is a one in a life, once in a lifetime opportunity. Go oh, for you, it. You cuckold you. <laughs> I never thought you. I never, I never thought. I mean, you gotta be kidding me. I love her so much. I wouldn't deny her that 
yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say the word pleasure. That sounds icky. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to deny her this once in a lifetime <laughs> opportunity. Yeah, it's the old hall pass, hall pass list, as um, Jacob modern, said in the. You're a uh, modern man. You're a modern man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've got a list and she's got a list. You know, it's, it's wow. three or four people on these lists that Did we you... both know about. And we'd be like, if you had the chance, go for it. Go could on. you, if you wouldn't mind, could you read your list off? Um, I could. Um, Scarlett Johansson is, is mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. <laughs> the next one is a little bit weird and people be like, okay. really? But it's this, yeah. it's, it's, this. It's, Ice Queen thing, Barbara Nicole Bush. Nicole Kidman. Oh, that is so weird. It is. Like, I know like it's a weird current, one. Current yeah. Nicole Kidman, or like twenty years ago, Cole. That maybe twenty years ago. Okay. Yeah. okay. I was and Nicole okay. Kidman and Amy Adams again, which a lot of people would be like, really? Huh. But it's hmm. I don't know. For me, hmm. it it would be. They're on the list. Okay. They're on the list. Okay. Okay. Morocco, okay. you've been quite quiet. He's, he's, Morocco's <laughs> thinking, is my wife going to hear this show? Is she... <laughs> <laughs> you never know. She she bite. Uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, my wife and I actually have, we share a few celebrity crushes. So maybe oh, I would God. talk to my wife about it and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? <laughs> Who's, oh. Maybe we can make it happen. Who's the shared? Who's the shared? I'm we're interested in this. Now. I'm not because we've we've I'm got not. one shared on our I mean, list as well. The two of us have. Oh, one do shared. you? Oh my do. god, this has turned into such a weird episode. And I'm wondering really whether it's the same person okay. because I know Morocco is, is a big a fa- fan too. I thought this was going to be a fast answer. <laughs> uh, I'll give I'll give you one. Olivia Wilde is one. Okay. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay. Didn't she divorce okay. Ted Lasso and is now with bloody Harry Styles? That's a weird. I don't know. That's a weird. Welcome thing. to Knife Talk. That has <laughs> nothing to do with the knife situation. And soft swingers. <laughs> uh, brilliant. brilliant. Jesus Christ. Griffiths yeah. handmade. He knows the score. He knows the score. All right. The answer for me is the answer for me is no because I have in my family uh, infidelity was a giant problem in marriages and it has been my sisters and I are in like. We're like those animals that like mate once and then they're like mates for life. We're all scarred from the behavior of certain family members and the thought of <laughs> the thought of the thought of hurting someone mentally is way worse than hurting them physically. So yeah, this yeah, there's no there's without, no without putting you on the couch and going go ahead. sort of Go ahead. Uh, you can put me on the couch. Okay. That's what she said. <laughs> I think you need degreed lists. You need to greet. It's, it's the way forward. My That's wife used to like back in the day. She liked Pierce Brosnan, and then Johnny Depp, the worst. And of the then bombs. she liked Vince Vaughn because I look like Vince Vaughn. Oh, wow! Well, perfect couple. Perfect yeah. couple. Yeah, I I like to tell her talk. I like to show her pictures of Johnny Depp. Now I'm like, look at him. He looks like that fucking dude from Lord of the Rings, a little dancing little <laughs> monkey, little fucked yeah. up dude in the, with the weird voice. Pretty abusive. Pierce Brosnan, well, you've got to put put him in a wheelchair now. Go ahead, give him give it a whirl. <laughs> yeah. well, I want to hear the rest of Morocco's list. Olivia Wilde. I, we don't have no. That was the only one I was going to share, and <laughs> we don't really have lists. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, that was a good answer. Good answer, guys. Mm-hmm. Nice job, mm-hmm. Maximus Knives. I didn't. I thought that was going to be a slam dunk. I clearly was wrong. The next one comes from Ross Peak Steelwork. Hey guys, I have a tough scenario for you. 
now we're in knife talk. Now this isn't like, you know, now we got <laughs> some knife crush stuff. Talk. Yeah, just, <laughs> come on, man. Um, someone buys a knife from you, and after misuse and abuse, and abuse, they ask you to fix it. How do you handle that? So you sell a knife to a guy. They give it the old chop a, chop a tree down test with your <laughs> paring knife, and now they want you to fix it. <laughs> what do you do? I th- Mareko, go on. You go first. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I think I would fix it. Now, if they're asking for a complete repair or, or like complete replacement, they can fuck themselves. But if it's a repair or basically turning it into a different knife that, so they can still use it as a knife, that's an that's an easy thing for me to do. So yeah. I would just do that. Yeah. On the arm, right? What? You give them for, You do it for free. Uh yeah, it shouldn't take too long. Just uh, basically uh, first reprofile time, the definitely. knife and sharpen it. Yeah. What do you do, Craig? Well, I think it's always going to be edge damage. Surely, you know, if they're not, if you know, if they're snapping a blade or something like that, you know, that obviously you can't fix it anyway, and, and it's obviously been mistreated. Um, but it's always just going to be edge damage, I'd have thought. And um, yeah, you yeah, you you sort of do what you can, redress it, resharpen it, and um, yeah, I wouldn't see a problem with that. Um, if it's something like, you know, a handle as, you know, being used as a hammer and it's all cracked and it, you know, it's obvious they've been mistreating it. Um, you know, you'd have a word and say, well, well, what's going on? But, you know, you would say, you know, I'll give it a go. I'll see if I can fix it for you. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's majority of the time that thing is going to be edge damage and that's, that's easily sort of treated. So yeah, you do it for free and, um, yeah, try and keep their custom, I suppose. I recently had a knife I made years ago come back because the person dropped it on the ground and it just hit mm. in this very specific way where the handle cracked off, like the bot, like the last quarter inch or so, or last half inch, oh, inch geez. or so. It was like, sure. it was a very brittle piece of burl. It was small and yeah. he sent it back and I actually, I actually had to, you know, find, I can't, can't glue it back on. So I re I found a piece that was very close and I made it I re had to redo the whole thing, you know. I was it was I had to redo the whole thing. And I didn't charge him and I was just like, you know what, this is probably good karma. You know, just or karma or whatever. Lord's uh whatchamacallit of that. It's not karma, it's law of averages, really what it is. Yeah. You, know, you do you yeah. do good, enough good things and hopefully that shit comes back as opposed to karma. So you know, spiritual How's that nonsense. Like karma? Karma is bullshit. Karma is like the idea that you're going to be nice to a worm and not come back as a worm. I mean, that's just like the law of averages is if you're a good person, good things generally happen because of the law of averages. Or if you're an asshole or a shitty person, shitty things usually end up having more problems with people because you're putting out that you're you know you're putting out that hook of being a shitty person. That isn't karma. Karma is supposed to be like, you know. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna like come back as a you know what it's, it's law of averages. If you're an asshole, you know you get asshole things done to you. You, you know, attract assholes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, exactly. It's like you're putting that asshole, you're putting that asshole energy out there, <laughs> and then you're getting more asshole the energy. Asshole back. vibe. Shitty yeah, chakras. That's yeah. right. You're getting a, shitty chakras. Right. Okay. The next two questions come from the Stark family. Believe it or not, I got two from the Stark family. And I'm going to read the first one. I'm going to tell you why the second one's from the Stark family, too. Okay. This is from Ben and Mrs. Stark. Oh, if, I was hoping it was going to be Tony Stark then. Uh. Well, I mean, you know. So, this, <laughs> Mrs. Stark and Ben say, 
if you and your family could live out your dream home, could live in your dream home in your dream location for free, but had to have the other two hosts of Knife Talk as housemates, would you take the deal? <laughs> and I might have written back, like, is that the best you got? You know, that's what I got the second one for. Okay. Uh, Mar- I'll let you take this from Morocco first. Yeah, I'll start. I need to yeah, think about I mean, this. If it's, if it's a dream home or dream, I, I would expand it to be like a dream estate. Then, you know, 50 acres wouldn't be bad to put a couple houses on and we can all share the property, right? Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's a dream home. So, like, one, I think one domicile. One, like. All right. So, if it was a dream, it would have to be a big fucking house. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Craig, what's your answer? Um, I would probably... (laughs) You're going to hate me for this. (laughs) But I'm going to say no, simply because it's not you guys. It's not you, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) You're still the champion of this fucking dream. I never thought in my life. The dream house would never have two other guys who were, you know, pissing on the toilet seat and (laughs) farting around the place. (laughs) That's not the dream. It, all of a sudden, it's not the dream house anymore. So, and it's not you. Craig. It's just me sharing the house with with other people. Um, <laughs> we're, we're very used to just being on our own here. And I think, you know, even you know, somebody saying my brother or my sister coming over. That all of a sudden, that's just two weeks is enough. Um, so, I'm af- I'm afraid probably not. I'm afraid. You know what? That was the nicest way of answering it the way I would. And the answer I would say is no. Is because I just, same like you, I just don't want, I mean, we don't want anyone in our house. You yeah. have two, you have people at your house for two weeks. Yeah. My wife and I think you should see a psychiatrist because there's just no way. <laughs> there's just no way. It's like, I, we can barely have people in our house for, 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 I mean, when, before COVID, like, I mean, there are, we just, we're not, we need, we need, we need to be away. Yeah. Need to be away. The question, I need to be the question is, away from my neighbors. with a dream house though, and your house has one bathroom, so having people stay over would fucking suck. But in a dream house, it probably has ten bathrooms at least. You probably but, find plenty of rooms. It's not the bathrooms. It's, it's not the extra bathrooms. living it's a, quarters. It's not the bathrooms and living quarters. It's the humanity. I don't want extra humanity. And and it's and it's <laughs> not your. If I was twenty, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. 47 no yeah. it's know, not gonna be like friends is it it's right you and know. you could give me you could give me you could give me like you could give me craig's dream list of people to have sex with and i still wouldn't want them to come over for dinner <laughs> so that's the answer for that and now I, I so i had written to the starks and said is that the best you got because that's what i try to do now i'm trying to like push people to, i get them for like the sex with the thing i i come, stop it so he said to me, we're going to sit down for dinner and discuss it as a family. So the whole family, <laughs> Ben, his mom, his dad, and whoever, how many are the brothers and sisters you have, they're all sitting around dinner talking about knife talk. P.S. So congratulations to us. You know, maybe you better run an ad. So, they, you know, now that we know that the Starks are listening, now's the time to run an ad just to make sure that they know that. Uh, Combat you know. Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. 
There right you go. Now. The Starks. This one's for you. You can Starks. also save save a little extra right now because of Labor Day. On Friday, which, but uh, after Monday, when this comes out, it'll be over. Right. So you have to do if you listen on Monday, you gotta put that order in and make sure you use the promo code Labor Twenty One to save twenty percent. And yeah. that's labor spelt wrong as well. That's the American way you're gonna spell labor. It's the wrong way. So make sure you spell it right. <laughs> how do you spell it? L A B O U R E? Yes. Yeah. Is that really how you spell it? That's how you spell it, yes. Yeah. They love a U. That's ridiculous. They, love, they throw a U in all. <laughs> all right, well there you go. Shots fired across the shots fired. There you go. Don't like the U's. America thinks it's ridiculous. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not mad at what he said either. All right, so here's the next question from the entire Stark family at dinner, sitting around the dinner table discussing. This is their next question. This is going to be a good one. If you accidentally received and opened a doctor's letter for a friend, obviously the mail got delivered to the wrong people, right? Uh, and saw that they only had a few months to live. Nothing you could tell them would improve their life in expectancy. Would you tell them their diagnosis or let them live their last few months without having that hanging over their head? This is what the Stark family sits around and talks about at the dinner table. You all should be ashamed of yourselves. Seriously. Why wouldn't you tell them? Yeah, you've got to, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be terrible. Really? And this is the kind of thing, if we yeah, have friends live together, to end of life. this is the kind of thing that could happen, which is why friends should never live together. <laughs> well, but I mean, so that's the answer is you're going to tell them. Of course. Yeah, Craig. Me. Yeah, let Morocco handle it first, because I, I think I agree with Morocco as well, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, why? <laughs> first off, why wouldn't you tell them? I, I don't really understand why you wouldn't tell them, uh, especially if they only had a few months to live. If they have family, that, I mean... If it so, was one of you guys, and you're, we're all living in the same house, and I got your mail, <laughs> I'm telling you, so your family can plan like the and make the most of those last two to three months. So you accidentally, you're going to say, how do you say it? All right, so you get my mail, you open it up, and you say, go ahead, let's do the scenario right now. I have got something terribly wrong with me. I've got a few months to live. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and tell oh, me. Oh, shit. Hey, Jeff, I got, this got put in my box. Here, right. this is for you. I oh, think. thanks. Here you go. Well, yeah, why did you open it? Uh, it was already open, actually. I don't know why it was open. Oh, then why'd you read it? <laughs> I didn't read it. Did I say I read it? Oh, okay. So All I said ah, is that I You wouldn't tell them. Oh, see, you wouldn't tell them. See, that's ah. the right thing to do. See, the Stark family seems to think that we're going to read their message and then make our own decision based on what the mail says. I said, what do you think, Craig? I hadn't thought of doing that, of pretending that I hadn't read it. That's, ah. what, an, that's what an adult would do. P.S. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not that treacherous. I didn't immediately think of a lie. <laughs> um, oh, geez, yeah. Now you've said it. That's 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 the thing to do. Um, but no, I'd, I'd I'd have to tell them, and I'd say, hey, go ahead. All right. So you, you, you got my mail. I got something wrong with me, I Craig. Need to drink for this one. <laughs> Sweat it, Craig. Craig, go ahead. This is a scenario. Tell me, tell, go tell me, tell me, you got my mail. Something's wrong with me. Tell me. Um, hey, Craig, what's going on? Um, something se- something say, seems to be bothering you right now. What's going on? I'd say, hey, um, you know that um, you went to the doctors recently. Well, a how, would you, is- how would you know? Yeah, we, 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 I talked to friends. Podcast. We're friends. We live together. We talk about shit like this. <laughs> I told you to go because I, I smelled that awful smell in the bathroom. Hey. I told you to go. Come on, this is the dream house. There's no, there's no smells in the dream house. <laughs> smells go away in the dream house. Come on, man. 
Anyway, um, a letter has come, and uh, I thought it was me. I opened it, and unfortunately, it's not. Okay, can um, I have it? Yeah, I've got something to tell you. Are you sitting comfortably? I mean, what are you going to tell me? I doubt you're sitting comfortably, considering what's wrong with you. <laughs> but... <laughs> I'd say, come in closer, come in closer. Okay, 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 okay. tell me, I'm all ears. Closer. I'm all ears. Go ahead. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And I'd hope then that that would be, you know, that would sort everything out. But yeah, it would be a difficult, a difficult uh, conversation to have. <laughs> I needed that drink. <laughs> Hate breaking bad news. See what I said to what I said to the Starks is, why are you opening people's mails and then making a decision based on after you read it or not? Why don't you just seal that letter back up and put it in their post office like you're supposed to do? It's not your obligation to give people their their, their own personal news. I said, uh-huh. I would, I said, you guys are sitting around the dinner table and this is what you do. And he said to me, it happened to them. Some similar, some what? scenario like this happened to the family and they oh, had wow. this moral dilemma, what to do. And I was just like, what's the moral dilemma? You steal that shit up and you put it back in their box and you fuck away off. I'm not, this has nothing to do with, just because I read it doesn't mean I have morally obligated to morally obligated to break the news to him. It's because I'm a peeping Tom. I don't think so. So there you go. Yeah. You both nailed. That was, that's the thing to do. I just didn't think quick enough. Yeah, that was that's the fine. Thing to do. That's yeah. fine. Uh, Bird Forge says, as you hand them the mail, enthusiastically tell them you're planning a trip to the Bahamas in six months and you'd love for him to join. Wow, <laughs> Bird Forge. That's a, that's a dirty Jeez. dog move. You're gonna, you're yeah. gonna, and then you're not even going to tell him you bother. What if he says he wants a ticket? Where's my ticket? You're going to buy him the ticket anyway. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay, we've got some hot news in. Hot news from Sweden. Brace yourselves. Um, so it's not that ABBA have released a new song, because you know that's pretty big news, but there's there's better news coming out of Sweden at the moment. That Dharma Steel have announced um, the next Chef Invitational, which is on, and I've got it all here, November the 13th. Um, so they've already chosen the makers, and you know there's some amazing makers there. So our boy Fingal is, is there again. Aidan Mackinson from Cutthroat Knives, who we spoke to on the last... Um, Dharma Steel special that we did. Um, we had a really good chat, and we did say we'd get him back on, actually, so I think we should. Um, Mert is doing it, Mert Tanzu um, from Tanzu Knives. There's a bunch of great, great people. Uh, Zach Worrell from Monolith Knives, who I actually met in Tiers. He was doing something at the Tiers Festival there as well. Oh, cool. um, so great, great people making great, great knives. Um, so that's November the 13th. So put it in your calendar. Um, because we're going to be doing a live show as well. Um, hopefully on the day, we need to sort out what, exactly what's going on. Um, but last time, it was it, I think it was one of our better shows. We had a really, really good time. 
Um, and and the show is great. It's you know they they pick amazing makers who are making amazing stuff with Dharma Steel. Um, so yeah, so mark that in your calendar. November the thirteenth is the next Dharma Steel Chef Invitational. Um, and I said we'll do a special show for that as well. Um, but yeah, make sure it's marked in the calendar. And if if you want to use some Dharma Steel yourself, and why wouldn't you? Um, Griffith's Handmade Knives just said, yeah, it's an awesome show. It really is. Really is a great, great show. Um, if you want to use Dharma Steel yourself to make a knife, you know, just like these amazing makers, makers are, are doing, you can head over to Dharma Steel at register. And if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off your order too. Um, nice. So if you're doing that, make sure you tag us. Make sure you tag them because we'd like to sort of highlight, uh, you know, a, a, a maker each week who's using Dharma Steel. Um, this week we thought we'd drop this news instead. Um, but yeah, big, big news out of Sweden. November is the next uh, Chef Invitational. I don't think Dharma Steel listens to this podcast. I think they do. They didn't listen to the last one because I said I'd like to be in it and I didn't get it. I haven't even got here to peep. Maybe I they've seen your work. All I'm saying even... is maybe they've seen your work, Jeff. You know? <laughs> obviously, obviously, no. Obviously, obviously maybe no. they got the letter and they're just like, let's pretend we didn't hear that one. You know, no. I, yeah, I got, you know, I mean, I have a knife I'd like to submit, but clearly I don't have the proper channels. So, fine. Let's see This will be knife. my bit for the, until the whole thing. I'll just bitch. That'll be great. <laughs> Every week, up right into, up until yeah. November. Like, yeah. Still haven't contacted. Don't say anything. We'll see if they're listening. And, uh-huh. I, and I'm just going to say, they just haven't contacted me. I'm not, I, I, I mean, no, I get no juice. I have no juice. I have should no we, juice. Should we, call juice? Pear, should we call Pear up live on the show and drop, remember we dropped him in it last time and asked for that discount. <laughs> uh, you should hold the knife up and you, yeah. you should say, what about Pear, me? What about <laughs> exactly. Me? What about me? What about me? <laughs> That's the show title. What, what about me? What about me? And what was it? Skadoosh? What did you say? Shway? Shui. Didn't have enough shui. What about me? I need some shui. Something like that. <laughs> mm. Okay. Um, okay, where we go well, next? What have we now got? Now, here's... I do have a knife-related uh, Tufts dilemma that would segue into something else if you want. Just came in the hotline. Um, if you want that, it's actually knife-related. It has nothing to do with bananas or dream houses or whatever. <laughs> All right, so this one comes from Justin. And we can go to the next thing, uh, whatever you want. Uh, Justin Richards... I wrote, hello, gentlemen, I have a tough scenario that I'm facing. I'm a newer knife maker, and I've been doing this as a hobby semi-seriously for two years, and much more seriously this year. I've gotten to the point where I've taken some orders, but my interest in the type of knives I'm making has changed since taking those orders. I have not taken any sort of deposit on them, but I've been struggling with my mental health slash, uh, you know, anxiety and depression, and it's been really hard to make knives I'm not super enthusiastic to make. Should I keep these orders and push the dates further in hopes that they will feel better by, that I'll feel better by then? Should I just keep cracking on and making them in the slivers of time that I, uh, in, in, in the slivers of time that I have? Um, that I feel better, uh, that, that maybe I'll feel better, or is it reasonable to reach out, explain, and cancel the orders that I'm no longer interested in doing? I appreciate all the talk uh, about mental health that you guys do. It's a real thing that a lot of people battle on a day-to-day basis. So, Richard, J- Justin Richards, we are with you 100%. Hmm. And we are, we're with you, not the handmade, uh, the, the Work For It podcast, which says... I am with you often, but that actually is from this podcast. I'm with you. So, Justin, <laughs> I'm with you, not, you know, Brian you House. So. Got you. <laughs> Did you say you idiot? I really hope you said you idiot. 
So that's a that's a difficult one, that isn't it? Because tough dilemmas. It's yeah. And, and first off the bat, w- w- people send us in questions and dilemmas when certainly not experts. <laughs> you know, we just we struggle to do our own thing, let alone you know anybody else's. Um, but these people, they put an order with you. Maybe they haven't paid a deposit. They put an order in. And if you, you know, if what you want to make has changed, um, maybe explain that. Maybe I mean, we all get better over time, you know. And you say you're, you know, relatively new to knife making, so I bet your knives are a million times better than when they first placed that original order. I bet you they are. Um, so maybe show them the new stuff. Maybe they're even more interested in that anyway, and they want to sort of go for the newer stuff, or maybe you know push you even further, which is you know even more a you know more more of a sort of thrill, I suppose. Um, yeah, there's no right or wrong answer for this. Um, but, you know, maybe you could play this to your advantage and say, look, well, I'm making these now. It, you know, is this something you'd prefer? And as I'm pretty sure they're going to be better than your first knives anyway, because we all evolve, we all get better over time. So that's probably my answer. Um, but I would say when it boils down to it, if they, if they say no, they, they're sticking to their guns, they want these original things. If they haven't paid a deposit, you need to look after yourself. Don't you know, don't throw yourself under a bus at all, you know. That's that's my two pence. But I say we're certainly not experts. Well, he's reaching out to us, so he's looking for our no. expertise. I've, yeah, I've given an opinion, but it's by no means an expert opinion. Oh, I think it's an expert opinion. Well, thank you very much, Jeffrey. <laughs> we used to take a sip of one. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> glug, glug, glug. <laughs> there it is. I hope it comes right out of your nose. I hope it comes right out of your nose. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead Maraca. what do you think yeah i think uh especially because you haven't taken um any deposits or you know maybe even if you have taken deposits um if if that work is adding to your stress and anxiety um then i think you figure out a way to let it go or and and let them and, and i think being transparent uh, as as much as transparent as you're comfortable with, um, and, and it can be honestly as simply as you know, talking to the customers who are on your list and say, look, you know, I'm I'm changing my business model, uh, and I won't be making these knives anymore. And maybe it's not everybody that's on the list. Maybe it's just the ones that are requesting that style, uh, or whatever style that you're not enthusiastic about making anymore or maybe it's all of them whatever but i think it's an easy i mean it's not an easy but it's a it's important it's definitely more important for you to take care of yourself first than the customers honestly because if you're not mentally in a in a good place it's not good for anybody your family the customers the work yourself especially so take care of yourself first. What are you thinking, Jeff? You're not going to sort of shade over this and go to the next room. What, what are your thoughts? Oh, no. I think, that, I, th- I think that mental health is the biggest problem facing humanity right now. I think, yeah. uh, I think the fact that he is uh, self-realizing this is the best thing he can do. I think the other the best thing he can do is not take deposits if he doesn't want to do it. So you have two ways to go. As you can say, I just, I just, I'm not feeling it, obviously. Or you can say, well, it's only a couple knives. Would the discipline of being able to just do them and then not take more of these be worth it for me? Because you're almost like, my, when I was a kid, 
I, if something really stressed me out, my parents would let me quit. And the problem was, was as I got older, it made it easier for me to just, just say, when things are getting tough, you just don't do it anymore. And I really was very aware that that was something that I didn't want because it allowed me to not, it, it prevented me from having opportunities. Mm. So I found myself trying to face the issues that I was dealing with in a very positive manner and just saying, I'm going to get these done and then they're going to be done and then I don't have to do it again. I like the fact that he's not overcommitting himself, but he feels this sense of he doesn't want to let these people down. Yeah. yeah, you didn't take money. You can say, listen, I'm just not into it. You could do that. Or you could just say, let me knock these things out, and then I'll get past it, and I'll go on to something else. You might be feel that because there's no r- true pressure, except for you know meeting their expectations, um, you might end up seeing it as like a way to overcome this feeling of anxiety. I think that anxiety is a real thing. I, there are days where I'm like, I can be crippled. And it's one of those days where I, my wife knows, um, when I'm on the phone with her, she knows immediately something's wrong. And it's one of the reasons why I have to be very, very disciplined about my days because if I just kind of, I'm willy-nilly about everything, I can just, you know, I can slink off into not doing what I'm supposed to be doing and then I can go into that kind of anxiety and depression. I tend to feel that... I said it. I said, you know, you have two ways to go. You can just say, I don't want to do it. Or you can say, you know what, let me just knock these things out. And then you might feel like you conquered something that you didn't have before. There's not really, the best part is there's no pressure because it didn't get money. You don't have to return, you don't have to return the money. Um, And it might be good for you to go past something that you you don't want to do. You know, the problem with this business is that there have been a lot of guys that, that we respect who tell you, if you don't like doing it, don't do it. I don't think that's the way to, I don't think that that's, I think that's like a Peter Pan thing. I think there's a lot of these like Peter Pan type characters where let's be children for the rest of our lives and then let's just be paid to be children. And I, and sometimes I was just, you know, I was talking to Tony and we were talking about the idea that, um, you know, creativity isn't a business plan. And that we, there's this mindset that you have to enjoy it, other, otherwise don't do it. I don't know if that that's completely uh, um, reasonable or realistic. So I disagree, really. Oh. Um, if you can do what you really enjoy doing and, and, uh, and make a living from it and make people happy with what you produce... That's got to be better than doing something that you don't enjoy doing, surely. Surely. Yeah, but you know, every day doesn't have to be the greatest. No, no, and it never is. You know, we're not living in a movie. You know, everybody's going to have bad days and whatever. But if he's in the best spot because he hasn't overcommitted by taking money and has to return it, you can say no. You can yeah, say no. Of, yeah, he can That's, do. Yeah, you know, of course. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, maybe it's good. Griffin's Griffith's handmade. Griff says some people can't overcome it. My brother-in-law was on days, quote, physically unable to get out of bed. Of course, that's an extreme. Yeah, I mean, yeah. mental health is the biggest problem in this in this world. Biggest, yeah. you know. And I think particularly over the last two years, we're starting to, you know, that's come into light a lot more. A lot of people spending more time in their own sort of head, I suppose. Um, and it's yeah. We're seeing it sort of come to fruition a lot, lot more. And yeah, you're right. It's a damn serious thing. I have another tough scenario that just came in through the wire. It's knife related. Oh. Should we keep going? Which is always good for the show. (laughs) 
I mean, you know, listen, if we, you, this is a long running show. It has to, it, people need their time occupied. They need, you know, sometimes you need to fool around. All right. This one comes from John Marston. Here's a tough scenario. If you could carry or choose, uh, if you could choose just one knife that you would carry with you every day from now to the end of your days, what would it be? Uh, also, being a knife maker, would you fashion it yourself or have it, uh, or have you already? If not, why? So you got one knife. This is your EDC everyday carry. What is it? Ooh, this is gonna sound like a sales pitch for me here go ahead um but it's definitely oh i don't have one with me oh oh i've got bo- i've got a box of one show me the box i mean it's good <laughs> on a podcast it? to show us what it is and on a podcast it, is. it sounds awesome so this is a video podcast but it's uh-huh. a it's my folding knife but the re- i'm not i'm not just saying that just because it's my latest knife that i'll be releasing soon but it's got a huge sort of sentimental value to me and i think a lot of us put a sentimental value on knives um and it's not always i don't think it's always relevant uh, you know it's it's something that we carry especially an edc you're going to be carrying it with you all, all the time um and you, you're going to create some sort of bond with it you know um but this specific knife um is a version of the very first knife that i was given which was by my, my by my grandfather who was basically I wouldn't say he was a father to me, but he when I look up to people, he's the level. That's that's you know, if if there's somebody who I would want to be respected as much as him for being mm. such a great, great person, it it's him. You know? And you know, and even on the box, you know, we that's sort of mentioned, you know, it says when you open up the box on the little flap there it says, you know, inspired by a true gentleman, you know? Um You're supposed to drink th- when you say that, by the way. That's the time. Yeah, true that. gentleman. But um so I this holds a massive emotional value to me, um, and and it's the only you know knife that I'd that I'd have in my pocket that I've made because it's the only folding knife that I've made um, after many sort of iterations. But for me, it's this knife. So sorry, it sounded like a sales pitch, and I know it shouldn't be on the show, but because um, because I'll get kicked off. But um, that's that's the knife for me, I think, just because it holds this meaningful value. It reminds me of that very first knife I had as a kid, given by him, which I, I still wish that I had, um, which is why I made this original one, because, oh, I've got that knife again now. Um, so, yeah, that's, before we get too emotional, that, that that's me. Uh, Morocco, what's the, what's the one knife you'd carry with you um, forever? <clears throat> yeah, I'd probably, uh, if I was going to pick one knife, it would probably be like a five or six inch kind of uh, utility knife, and not a kitchen utility knife but like an outdoor kind of heavier or uh yeah harder use uh utility knife um it's just you you don't need something super huge to get stuff done um if you know if you're out in the woods or even in the kitchen um Mm. and so yeah it's pretty pretty general all all around kind of like i said five five to six inch utility knife and I would make it myself. Yeah, if I had to carry it, oh, then I shit. would also make. Sorry, sorry, I spilled water. I would. No. <laughs> I'd probably make a leather sheath for it. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> Jeff, 
Jeff. <laughs> I was um, looking for my. I was looking for my answer, but I spilled water on some papers. That sounds good. Um, you're gonna hate me for saying this, world, but I would dig. It would be a leatherman, a leatherman, or leatherman, or leatherman wave. The wave. I love that fucking thing. Wave. That thing is awesome. Hmm. I love that stupid multi-tool. That's one of my favorite. I love those multi-tools. I would love to make a multi-tool one day. I what's would specific? To. What's specific about the wave? To it, like it's, it's very man, thin. It's very thin. small. And it, I, you know, when I was doing, when I was working as a welder, I hated the the plot, the needle nose pliers I had, the the, and I felt like I needed pliers in my pocket. And I could have it open with the clip on in my pocket, in my back pocket, and I wouldn't have a problem. And I was using it all the time. The I love the Leatherman. I I use I was using the Leatherman Wave for a long, long time. I think it's great. I love it, and it's got a saw, so I don't need to chop through shit. You know, I don't you know <laughs> chopping through shit. I got a saw on there and all that stuff. <laughs> little scissors to cut your fingernails. You know, I love it. Everything you need. Everything you need. That's the nice. answer for me. Nice. Okay. Well, we're hour and nearly 20 minutes in. Shall we take some um, questions that we received this week? Which is what the show used to be, I suppose. But um, we're evolving, folks. Um, If you've got a question for us, um, you can contact us. Contact us via DM at Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. It's that easy. And this first one is from Winnipeg Bladeworks. Says, hey, cuties, I have a question for the hive mind. Um, I've been out of the shop for a little bit bit to do work, then health issues uh, with his back. Um, I set out um, a few sets of scales and bonded liners on them before uh, going on my hiatus. I had some G10 scales, some stabilized wood scales, and some wood-dyed resin scales. All bonded fine to the liners, but the wood resin scales bowed out towards the center of each set. Just wondering why this might have happened and what I could do to prevent it. Um, okay, so he's, he's made a bunch of bunch of bunch of handles. He's bonded them to G10, left them for you know it doesn't say how how long, but left them for a certain amount of time. When he's come back, it's the wood and the resin scales that are bowed out. Um, yeah, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but um, Jeff, do you want to do you want to take this first? Um, well, I mean, number one think. is I've I get stabilize wood blocks and if i have to cut them into scales depending on the wood sometimes it bows in the cut Mm. like i have that i've had it done where i'll cut it straight i have a brand new blade and i'm cutting it and by the time i get towards the end the beginning part of the cut is pinching on the blade and it starts to bind up and you know some wood just does that i feel like i feel like sometimes it just happens um I wonder if it has to do with the, I don't know. I mean, it might be how thick the G10 is too. Like if it to, well, not how thick the G10 is, but you know, it's mm. the wood is, the wood's moving. The wood's moving yeah. and, you know, and then the G10, if it's thin enough, it's going to flex with the bow. Yeah. And I think he's talking about hybrid scales as well, because he says um, wood slash resin scales. So if they're hybrid mm. scales, I've seen some hybrid scales that haven't been, stabilized you know the the uh the wood part of it hasn't been stable they're just using wood and they're getting a resin they're sticking it in a mold and they're just filling up the the dead space with resin and that doesn't necessarily mean that the wood is stabilized because there's no pressure there bringing that resin into the wood i like doing that there's no pressure there bringing the, the you know that resin into the wood so it's, it's not stabilized wood so over time obviously that's gonna you know 
not obviously, but if it's a softer wood, um, it's going to change with, you know, moisture in the air and temperature, that kind of thing. So maybe that was the problem. Um, but I've never really had good luck with those hybrid scales, you know, where you see, you know, part of, you know, yeah. the resin on half and so on. I've never, I've, I've only used them maybe half a dozen times. And each time I've never been 100% happy with it. So, um, yeah, maybe that wood isn't stabilized. I, I don't know. I don't know. I've had stabilized wood that's that's moved. Yeah, yeah. If it's stabilized, not not too well. Yes, without a doubt. What do you think, Marco? Yeah. I mean, I've honestly, I haven't really worked a whole lot with bonding wood to uh, liners. I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know how I would uh, fix that other than starting over. Because honestly, um, I mean. Yeah, like Jeff was saying, like the wood, even if a wood, I mean, I, I've had, I have wood material that's been stabilized by some of the best stabilizers I've ever used, and they still move, just even yeah. in the slightest, and that slight little movement will cause them to bow, especially if they're just sitting there. Now, if you're, you know, maybe you're, you're in, uh, or I, I would guess that the, the material probably bowed as a result of maybe not being properly seasoned. Um, even before stabilizing and like Craig said, possibly not even stabilized properly, um, for it to move that dramatically and cause it to bow. I, I'm curious, which way do you think it would be bowing? I'll tell you, um, it's a good answer. Cause I was going to sell you, it bowed in towards the liners. So the, oh, the, what the absorption so came from the outside. So the liners were, the liners were sealing that side of the wood. And then mm, the right. cuts, so the cut, whatever you, in the liner side was sealed. Right. So the outer side was cupping it towards the liners. Yeah. Francesco Mucci in the chat, um, who's joined us a few times now, um, has said that um, it depends on the cut of the wood. If it's not quarter sawn, it will bow, um, especially if glued to plastic material. One side will absorb humidity. The glued side, which as Jeff has just said, um, won't because it's protected. Um, and that's even if it's stabilized. So, yeah, I found that as well. And, you know, the stabilized wood and the stabilized wood, it, it depends on, you know, the method that you're using for stabilizing and the material that you're stabilizing as well. You know, it's there's so many sort of variables there. I had a thought that you could sand down the inside cup if it didn't have a liner. If you're just fooling around with the wood and it's cupping, you could sand down the sure. cupped side. And if you were to sand down the cupped side, what kind of sandpaper would you use? me personally um, go ahead i would use um rhino wet by Indassa, of course okay. why would i waste my time using inferior products of course indassa is the way to go the rhino wet stuff is great it saves you time and if it saved you time it saved you money um and we say this every week but we really try to save you guys money if you're listening so if you head over to texasfarriersupply.com they stock uh rhino wet by Indassa, as well as a bunch of other stuff for knife makers um and if you use knife took 10 Knife Talk 10, rather, you'll get 10% off the whole order. So, yeah, get yourself some Rhino Wet. Look what else they've got. Save yourself some money. And, yeah, and just make life easier on yourself. That's what I say. Francesco Mucci, Mucci just said that he, he, uh, he was getting props from our friend Griff. And he says, well, I've been making violins for a fair bit of years. All right. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you wow. know, obviously. What is he, a, does that mean he's a luthier? A luthier? Luthier make guitar. I'm not sure oh. if they make. I, I, maybe they just make stringed instruments. Mm. Maybe, possibly. Francesco, Fran Francesco, are you a luthier? He's a he's a high level guy. 
Yeah, definitely. definitely. Next question comes from Leonardo Lee, our friend Leonardo Lee. Uh, you guys have kids. I have my first one on the way. What sage advice do you guys have that I will end up ignoring? Okay. This is the <laughs> ultimate one. Go ahead. Don't listen to anybody's advice. We, and that, that's one bit of advice that we were told, actually. Everybody will have a different experience with their own kids. Every kid is completely different. So, you know, if somebody is giving you advice, that's just, you know, what happened to them and what maybe what works for them. Every kid is completely different. So go your own way. You'll, yeah, you'll learn to sail your own boat. Honestly, there's, you can't treat two different kids the same way. It's not going to work. Give them a hot tip. I mean, give them a hot tip. He said this is his first kid. Give him a fucking hot tip. It's going to score him some points. Don't, don't tell him nothing. Give him a hot tip. Okay, don't feel pressured into doing what you think you should do by other people who are giving you advice. Don't feel that pressure. <laughs> do whatever works for you because everybody's different. There we go. I like it. Mareko's going to have some hot tips here. Uh, I will say probably, especially in the first year or two, um, I definitely did not take advantage of like snuggle time, honestly. And now my kid is five and he is moving and grooving nonstop. And to get to pin him down for a hug or for like to snuggle, I have to like, I have to uh, like <laughs> be reading him a book or something like that to to get some to get some hang time, um, which is good, but it it's very rare nowadays. So I feel like um, while you got that time, especially when the baby's young, uh, try to get it in as much as you can. Uh, it's a pretty incredible feeling um, to sit there holding this little mini you. Um, and marvel at them and um, it and it but once they start moving it's hard to pin them down um, but that's yeah. all I got nice what have you got what have you got Jeff I was gonna say that the smell of the diapers changes dramatically um, the first, <laughs> oh, yeah. the, they're not I'm, always green I'm, prepare yeah. yourself for in the beginning it's just like ah this is what are they talking about this isn't so bad all right a little bit of rotten yogurt that's not the end of the world and then it turns into human feces then it turns into yeah. fucking human feces and then it's like a fucking wreck prepare yourself for that that's the biggest advice i can get and that's the best that's advice i can tell eating you eating solids right that's, for, that's what whatever for us Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get ready for get ready for the 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 eye watering because it's and yeah, do the diapers. That's the move. You get brownie points for doing the diapers and not complaining about it. Nor should you ask for like credit. Never ask for credit from your wife. <laughs> Don't say, "Look what I did." Nobody cares. Trust me. Yeah. Do the laundry. Do the dishes. Do the diapers. Do that shit and keep your mouth shut, and you will get such extra. That's the credit. You get the credit for keeping your mouth shut. Don't tell them what you did because they don't want to know, right? I'm a, that's a hot tip, right? Keep your mouth hot shut. Tip, just do good. it. Hot okay. tip. Uh, uh, Mareko, do you want to take the next question? Yeah, the oh, next uh, one's from... So, excuse me one second. Just, Go ahead. Francesco Mucci just says, yes, I am a luthier. A thing that a lot of people don't realize is the tensions that get released when you cut a piece of wood independently if it gets stabilized or not. Sorry for interrupting. So, Francesco oh, Mucci. Luthier. All right. The, uh, the next one is from Jay Dyler. Um, he says, uh, do you think the custom knife market will ever become too saturated? Is there 100% capacity, so to speak? Uh, if so, what do you think we're at now? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? 
Jeff, you go in. I think that there's saturation in a lot of businesses where you're buying a thing. When you're making custom knives, people are following, you know, people are following you to a certain degree. So I think that there is this, I've talked to, there's been a lot of really smart knife makers that I talked to. I've talked to Matt Parkinson about this, Jonathan Porter, we've talked about, they talk about the business, Jared Thatcher, uh, Tomer Botner, those guys talk about the business of knife making and they all talk about the saturation of the knife business. I try to add a degree of personality and when you're buying on my knife, you're buying something from me. I haven't seen a drop off. I can see why there would be. I think a lot of that comes from people just kind of making the same knives everybody else is making or just kind of like doing the run of the mill stuff that you get, you know, you get buried in with a lot of people. But I think that this is the problem with this is the this is the problem. I mean, you can't compete with Dexter Russell, who make a perfectly fine, inexpensive knife. That's not what you're going for. You're trying to do something right. different. You're to you, to everybody else. You got to find your own way. Yeah. So that's my answer. Yeah. I mean, I I 100% agree with that. Um, I, I I think what was it? Seth Godin, I can't remember which book, but I think it's kind of a point he reiterates throughout most of his books. Seth Godin is a, a marketer and, and a branding guy. Um, but one of the th- big things he he says to add to what we're just saying is, yeah, is just that you, you have to distinguish yourself in some way. And a big part of that is just who you are as a human being making these things. Because if there's nothing else to attach to it, then it's just an item that they, like Jeff said, can easily compared to a Dexter Russell and why would they pay the exorbitant price for a custom handmade knife when they can just buy a $30 Dexter Russell? You got to give it more. And, and, and I think if you're not doing that, it's easy to get elbowed out, honestly. Um, and so yeah. I, but I, I honestly agree that the more people know about custom knives, the, the more, the, the, bigger the market grows honestly and i i think as many custom knife makers as there are there they're still in the, in the world throughout the world are not that many knife makers especially if you compare them to like auto mechanics or electricians and or dentists you know there are fucking millions of those people there are only thousands of us and that is not i i feel like that is a not enough to satiate the full desire or market of desire for custom work. Um, but again, the key to getting a piece of that pie is to distinguish yourself through your work as well as through just your personality and who you are. The, yeah. the interesting thing about what you said, though, and we talk about this every so often, is <clears throat> the difference between us and dentists and mechanics are you don't have to get a knife from us. You, know, you don't have to buy an expensive knife. Right. And it is a luxury item. So you're also dealing with the idea that the market goes up, the market goes down. What do you cut out? Well, you have to go to the dentist, you know, or you have to go to the mechanic. You don't have to buy a a knife. So that also is an interesting point in regards to custom knives versus not custom knives. Yeah. And I I think Mareko, well, you both said it, but, you know, and Tim Brown in the chat has actually just said as well. Um, He says, customers... Uh, normally buy the knife because they buy your story. And I'm, and I'm a huge fan of that because, yeah, I've got this whole mantra of, you know, um, sell the story, sell the knife. Um, but that really is the thing. People buy into, you know, the maker 
just as much as the product, I, I, I do believe. But I think with regards to being saturated, if I go to any sort of social event, I'm the only knife maker there. Um, so, you know, our perception of it being saturated may be because, I mean, if you're listening to the show, you're part of a, a community, you know, and, you know, is it Jay Daler who, you know, sent in the question? He knew about the show and, you know, there's this whole community out there and we're all following each other on Instagram and so on. So our world becomes other makers. So you can see why it may, you may think it's saturated, but that's skewed data. That's, that's not, you know, the real world out there. You know, if you walk down the street, you're not meeting any other knife makers. There's very, very few of us. So, I, yeah, I think there's plenty of work out there for everybody. Um, a, I think a good knife maker has, we talked about last week, a certain style. Somebody asked the question, you know, is, is there anything about your knives which you think gives it a specific style? And I think if we are thinking it's saturated, having your own specific style and having a story attached to that is definitely the way forward. And the customers always can use more than one knife. You know, this isn't a product that it's like a yacht where you're not going to have five of them. Like a, a knife, you know, you have a box. I mean, I've since the pandemic, I bought a pile of knives from other makers. And it's been a lot of fun kind of creating this collection, you know. And, like, I got something from Fingal, and I decided, well, I have you know, these knives from these people that, you know, this size, I need something a different size. So I customized, I didn't customize, I just looked at what he had that fit into the profile of what I don't have. So I, mm. I, I think that, you know, not, you know, because you have knife sets, you have knife collections, you have knife blocks, it's not like you're only allowed one knife. So your customers end up, they end up getting more than just one, you know. And custom knife makers. People buy custom knives. A lot of them, like, from other people, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a question here from um, Brigham Kendall in the chat. Jeff, will you post a picture of your collection? That's on my... If it's for my OnlyFans. It's for my OnlyFans page. <laughs> I'm only posting nice. those pics for... Or my Patreon. Your own Patreon. Yeah, my own Patreon. I'll never do Patreon PS. That you can forget. Justin, I think it's Modica, um, has said, has said, has sent through a question for us. Rather, um, what do you think saves more money: propane forging, um, almost to exact shape, or belt grinding in finger grooves, bevels, etc.? Um, okay, so he's talking about you know the amount of gas you use as opposed to the amount of abrasives you're using, um, which is the most cost-effective. Um, records go straight to you. I'm gonna say grinding. 100% is a lot faster and a lot uh, less likely to make mistakes. <laughs> I think it, it, it would actually be surprisingly time consuming to properly forge in any kind of finger grooves and make sure the spacing is right and all that shit where you could just draw that on the piece of metal and grind it out in like 15 minutes. Hmm. I find the same with my, with my forging. I mm. tend to grind a lot more than I forge these days. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that a lot. Wait of, there, wait there. Can we just get that sound? Do that again, Jeff. No, that sound that's better. on my only. It's on my OnlyFans. That's <laughs> my OnlyFans. Making sound effects for OnlyFans. <clears throat> these little prices, you know. I heard Aaron Wilburn say, "I don't really worry about belts, uh, belts because I use them like they're they don't cost money," and 
I think that there's something to be said about that. I think if you start to nickel and dime these little things, really your time is really the most valuable thing and using good belts is important. Uh, I think forging, forging is amazing. I think the most important thing that the knife maker needs to think about with forging is what is, is the forging because I like to do it? Is the forging because it makes me happy? Or is the forging going to be a very important part of the knife itself? If you're just doing it just to do it, a lot of times people may not really even realize it. I mean, that's why a lot of knife makers just, you know, they'll profile their knife on the grinder and then they'll hit it with the ball-peen hammer a few times and kind of like make that faux-forged effect. I think you need to think about in regards to the importance of it being forged. Why is it important that it's forged? You know, and I think that's the thing. But if I were to grind my knives, which I normally do, I I know what grinder I'd use. I'd use a Broadback Ironworks two by seventy two grinder. What about you guys? Snap! I'd be straight in there with you. <laughs> you know, tell us about yours, uh, Morocco, and your and your also your signature edition platinum. Signature edition platinum. Well, I rock a Broadbeck grinder, and I love the thing. I love the flexibility and the amazing like like they're like the Swiss Army knife, honestly, of grinding of grinders. Uh, they have so many different tool arms that you can use. They have the buffing arm, the integral. They got the slack belt. They got the surface grinder. They got contact wheels out the Yazoo. They got small, uh, small, small wheel grinder. All these different things, and it also not only does it work vertically, but you can lay it over and 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 work it horizontally. Um, and yeah, I do have a uh, I have a signature grinding or tool arm. Well, I, the the name we came uh, finally kind of like ironed out. I actually had a chat with Vince the other day. Uh, was just the Morocco DP or the Deep Platin, um, and and uh, it's it's a super versatile tool arm. Um, just within that one tool arm. So the reason it's called the Deep Platin is because it actually has extra depth. It's about three and a half to four inches of extra clearance behind the belt. That means you can grind and sculpt and shape and or, or even grinding plunges, not having to worry about, um, you know, the platen getting in the way and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, having all that extra room um, makes a huge, at least for me, in the way I sculpt and use my and use my grinder, uh, is a makes it is a huge game changer. And then uh, it also, so the way the platen is designed is that it has a two inch contact wheel at the top and a four inch contact wheel on the bottom, so you can uh, adjust the platen so it's either angled up or angled down, and you can use those two different size grinding wheels individually, either for hollow grinding or if you're hollowing out the tang for a full tang knife. Uh, or you're grinding in a fuller for, uh, along, like with the two-inch wheel along the, the top of your blade. Um, and, then, uh, and then it's also super flexible still because you can, all, uh, with that uh, same tool arm, you can still use all the other attachments. You can use the, the buffing wheel like I talked about, the, the integral, the small wheel attachment, all those different uh, kind of different attachments that add onto the tool arm. You can still use those uh, with the Morocco, uh Deep Platin. And um, and Broadback actually has a huge mega deal sale coming up where you can save four hundred fifty dollars on your on their mega package that starts uh, on Monday on Labor Day. So this is their Labor Day sale. It runs until September twelfth, uh, and you got to use the uh, the mega four fifty 
code to save that and that gets you not only the chassis with the platen and the tool rest but it gets you the buffing attachment it gets you the integral grinding attachment it gets you small wheel small contact wheel attachment contact the eight inch contact wheel and the slack belt attachment uh that is a, an incredible off honestly that is an incredible um offer and I wish these guys were around when I first started um, because instead of buying and trying to accumulate a bunch of machines, I could have just bought the one with these various tool arms that could get so much. Done. It's almost a whole cr- It's almost they just need to add a, a heat treating element to it. And then <laughs> you can do everything uh, for making knives with this one thing. Um, but they're pretty awesome. And, and also in um, conjunction with their Labor Day sale, uh, on Monday they open up sales for the Marco Deep Platin. And if you use uh, the promo code Knife Talk, uh, you'll get automatically upgraded to the Marco Deep Platin. Um, and oh, they got cool. more details on their website about that. Um, you can go check them out at broadbackironworks.com. That's it. That's all I got. Nice. Nice. Um, they do actually have a um, a heat treat and attachment come in. It's just a really used old belt. If you use that long <laughs> enough, you're going to heat treat you, but yeah, you'd be fine. You'd be good. That's good. I like that. Okay. Shall we call it a day? Shall we call it a show? Happy Labor Day, everybody. Happy Labor Day. Have what, fun. What is Labor Day? For anybody outside the US, what is Labor Day? That's do you have more than one a year, or do you have... Just the one year. What, what, yeah, what's it all about? Memorial Day is the beginning of summer. It's the time to remember the troops and have who have fallen and who have served our country. And then Labor Day is to honor the you know work workers, people working. Honor the it was it had to do with the unions, I believe. And then that's right. the end of the summer. That's the beginning of you know that's the end of the summer. Labor Day. Don't gotcha. wear white okay. after Labor Day. Okay, cool. Jeff, for those who um, aren't watching us live. Have you got one of those like chairs that lowers itself? No, and it's got like a gas my, leak. I just you seem to my, go lower and no. lower. Do you see the top of your head now? I just, I just, there. I just changed my <laughs> there height. We go. It's my, it's my, it's my terrible <laughs> posture. Terrible posture. <laughs> okay, that's a show. Thank you all very, very much for listening. Um, and we shall speak to you all um next week. And next week, I think, is our two hundredth uh show. Oh yeah, I what believe. are you gonna do? We've yeah, we've got a very special quiz which I've been working on for weeks. Um, but yeah, we're hoping to yeah we're going to get something extra special on for the day as well. So um, next week is a big show for us. So yeah, hopefully you can all tune in. Thank you very much for listening. Bye for now. This show is brought to you by the Makery, the podcast network for makers. It was a lot of fun. Oh. Now Great show. That was a really, really good show. Really fun show. That yeah. Hope the yeah. track. Hope the tracks are in line this time. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, I hope so. It's been a nightmare. So we're juggling this fine balance at the moment of good audio and being able to do the live show because the app that we use used to use for good audio doesn't do video, um, but this app that does video does terrible audio. So yeah, it's 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 a fine line. So even though we've been recording, as you guys know, locally using you know QuickTime on our own machines, when you try to sync up those uh, audio files, 
every five minutes I need to sort of cut the tracks and resync them all the time, you know, manually. So oh, it's Jesus. like a, it can be up to like a three-hour process each week, you know, and it's a real, real ball ache. So, yeah, hopefully, I don't know, I don't know. We, I, I think the options we've got are we just rip the audio from YouTube and use that for the audio podcast. Or we just go back to using the the audio only app, which was Squadcast, which was you know the audio was always perfect with that. <clears throat> but you know we, the three of us work quite hard to get you know decent audio, so it's it's a shame that at the moment it's not quite right. But yeah, it's 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 really frustrating, really frustrating. I want less work for you. I don't want you I'm, sitting I'm, around too. three hours. No, to no, put I'm, the tracks I'm, I'm, I'm fine doing it. I'm fine doing it. Not but three I just hours. think for the amount of effort we put in, it's it's a real shame that we need to do that. You know that 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 that's the only the only problem. Last week that's when I was problem. listening, I started to hear. I was just like, I sent you a message. I was like, you know, I, I'm really interrupting a lot in this episode. I'm really sorry about that. And I was surprised. <laughs> I was just like, you know, that really. I thought I kind of like got myself out of that a long time ago, and then it's just like you were like, and then I realized, oh no, we're the tracks are off this, and it yes and the yeah. most frustrating part is we do spend a lot of time preparing for the show like coming up with bits and you know preparing mm. everything and i want to make sure everything is very you know all the content is very clear so we can just kind of enjoy ourselves without having to be like no what should we talk about next we have a plethora of shit i mean i have still tons of stuff to talk about. so when we have a good show like that and then it's the audio that's fucked up yeah. it's very it's infuriating yeah so yeah but yeah, we'll see. Let's 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 get out of next week's episode, and then we can make a decision. Then maybe, um, yeah, let's see where we go. We've got listener feedback. You said anyway. Oh yes. What, what, what are people saying? Feedback. We have listener feedback. I have a lot of listener feedback. I like the listener feedback. Um, let me get to it. Uh, Cads and blades. Cads and blades says, "Hey guys, I have a question for you. What do you have against Canadians? I always hear you guys saying." Oh, he's Canadian, but he's really good at blank. I'm making it sound like there's something wrong with us. Happy face, nervous face. Have we ever said that? I think we take shots at Canadians with peace and love. I I mean, in this situation, I would say, oh, he's Canadian, but he's really good at complaining. I mean, right now, it's like like being being needy. Just just take a turn in the barrel. I mean, it's like... We don't say anything terrible. The funny thing is, is like you, the reputation of Canadians that they're so polite. Personally, one of my favorite places to go is Montreal. Like driving to Montreal is one of my favorite things to do. I love it. I love Montreal. I love the people of Canada. But like mm. the knife makers I've met are Canada. Some of them are a little bit, you know, they don't, they don't, they break the mold. They break the mold a little bit. I'm, some of them are a little needy. Some are a little needy. needy. Really? But I'm just okay. kidding. I'm fooling around, cats. We we love the I love Canada. I love the Canadians. Noah Vashon, all those guys. Love those guys. Big fan of Canada. You know? Is there a rivalry between no. the US and, no. and Canada? No. Not at all. No. I mean, all of all of America's best actors are Canadian and Australian. Of course not. You know? Right. Okay. <laughs> no, there's no of course it's Relax. I love Canada. Canada's a, poutine. I love that stuff. I love that whole shit. I love Canada. I'm a fan of Canada. There we go. So there's there the answer go. for that. Okay. okay. Jordan Dan says, Jordan Dan's a good supporter, good dude. Here's some listener feedback. Please consider bringing back the community showcase. I know you guys feature Damasteel Nice. Uh, it was awesome hearing each of you make a community recommendation. I discovered slash started following a bunch of cool makers when you guys were doing that. Do you guys have a community showcase right now? 
Can you, if I started one, could you cop one up? Probably not. I got one. Okay. The issue from, there you go. That's Mareko's oh, got one. Mareko's go. got one. Go ahead. Go. All right. This guy, I, I can't remember if I've talked to him about him before, but he's Tiny Town Forge. I'm trying to pull him up right now. Right there. Silas Black uh, Blacklow. Uh, he's doing really incredible, uh, really clean integral forging work, and uh, it's very commendable. Dude's 18 years old, um, and he's ma- also making some really great Damascus, getting great finishes all around. Generally speaking, he's doing some fucking solid work, and uh, he's only got he's got less than 2,000 followers, uh, but he's definitely a solid follow. Um, very cool to follow and see his work. And, um, you know, maybe, you, I mean, he's got a Nikiri on here I'm looking at right now. It's got a really cool Damascus pattern on it. And it's it's a kind of a standard W's explosion, but he, the way he assembled it and it comes together is very unique, I think. Uh, I haven't really seen it like that. And it's very interesting for me to look at, and I like it. He's oh, doing good work. Go. So cheers go. to Silas. There you go, Jordan. Jordan's a good follow. He's my community showcase. Jordan Dan's JD, the JD Custom Knives, JD Custom. Uh, Jordan Dan's, Jordan Dan's good, good dude. JD Custom Knives, he's a good dude. Nice. Good, very supportive. Here's my problem is with with doing a community showcase each week is I don't really use Instagram virtually at all at the moment, um, so I'm not seeing you know other people's work as much. Um, just because I'm so busy with, with, you know, other stuff at the moment. So I'm not really seeing other work. So it's, it's always a bit of a pressure every week coming up with, you know, you know, you know, with being, you know, forced to come up with some, Hey, you should follow this person. So, so yeah, but I mean, you two could be more than happy, you know, drop in recommendations every we week. We could do your recommendation for your hall pass list, you know? <laughs> you could you could you could that would be cool my my Tim community Bro- showcase is scarlett johansson she's groovy <laughs> she's groovy man she's groovy <laughs> uh tim brown has said in the chat we just mentioned obviously our audio um he's he's in, i don't know why tim brown is still here because the show's finished by the way um tim brown says have you looked into other audio recording software we've tried a bunch we've tried a bunch and um, we're currently using Recast, uh, sorry, Restream to do this video stuff. Um, we previously used Squadcast for the audio stuff, which was brilliant. Squadcast always works, um, and it's what Jeff still uses for um, his full blast. Always works really well, um, but the video element of it is terrible. And what I really like about Restream is here, we can have the chat in, we can have different layouts, we can bring in video, we can do whatever we want. Um, so it's, it's, let's say it's that decision of... Um, good video or good audio um so what we are doing tim is we are as well as obviously capturing the audio here i'm capturing the audio on my board here but we're all also using quicktime locally on our on our macs to record our own personal audio which then i have then have three files which i can mix together to make the the podcast track um, but for some weird reason, those tracks, even the recording locally and not using the web in any way, um, they drift and, the, the, you know, the, the syncing is an issue. Um, so whether to do with, I don't know, our clock speed of our processors, I'm not quite sure. I haven't got round to finding out why that is. Um, but some weeks it's worse than others. Sometimes it's not noticeable and sometimes it's a real problem. So, so yeah, where if you know of a better app um, that allows us to do video as well, um, that would be cool. 
The, the ideal is having a video app like, like Restream here, um, which will also capture local audio like Squadcast does. But um, none of them seem to do both at the moment, which is a real problem. Tim Brown just tagged his good question with a mediocre <laughs> joke. <laughs> so, like, about STD you can't get rid of. Yeah. Ooh, well. Like I said, just <laughs> have a good one and just kind of ride out on a good one. You don't have to tag it. Uh, and Knives says, the YouTube live podcast was fantastic. I would love to see you continue. I'm currently rewatching the Knife Talk Together uh, one stream from a year ago. Ah, wow. Yeah, that was, we did that once. It was when COVID first sort of hit. Um, and I was talking to a bunch of knife makers at the time. They're all saying, you know, this is difficult. Cause I, I, and not so much for you guys, but a lot of my customers are restaurants. And the other makers I was speaking to, they were the same. And they were saying orders were just stopped because restaurants are closing. Um, so it was just a discussion we had about how, you know, how everybody's going to weather the storm. Um, and some people had some really good ideas, and they, yeah, it, was, it was quite nice. I think there was about fifteen of us, and we just recorded it. It was, it was quite fun to do. So, um, yeah, maybe maybe we could do that again one day. Have a bunch of people, um, but it, it just becomes a free for all unless you have like a moderator who's sort of guiding the show. It becomes a bit of a free for all having fifteen people in a chat. It can be it can be quite awkward, quite difficult. And you know, it's hard. The whole thing's, you know, if we didn't have to worry about audio if we had somebody doing all this it would make our mm. lives so much easier you know it's just it's a lot of work it's the same thing with the phone calls yeah. if somebody's you know not there's someone one guy called standing next to a fan you know it was just yeah. like yeah we could or like a car engine or something like that it was just like yeah but if we can't hear you or your connection's no good it just ruins the whole thing yeah and they're fun we love doing things like that they're really I fun would, i would love but... to get, get on phone calls again yeah, the phone calls were great, but we never know what connection. We're picking up the phone. We never know what connection somebody's going to have. And, you know, for the rest of the audience, it can, it can just be shit. Here's some more feedback that's related. Uh, this is Leonardo Lee again. Just to let you know, I had always planned to call and hang up on Craig, which I think <laughs> shows that knife makers aren't thieves. We're just all exactly the same way and have zero originality, which I think is funny, too. Um, yeah. We actually got some... Uh, our real negative feedback was from your hangups, which is I find to be hilarious. Was the, we did got a, someone mad? Was was he uh, Wyoming Bill or a Colorado <laughs> Doug or something like that? Or some somebody was all mean like he stopped listening to podcasts. You hang up on people. So in the in the few years we've been doing this, <laughs> we've had two recurring um, complaints, I suppose. So one was about me doing the hangups. Some people loved it, and some people like really hated it really didn't like it and and the other was uh jeff's language there's no need for such language we were being told and um, that was annoying because Mareko <laughs> cursed just as much as i did it was more it was more <laughs> about more. he just didn't like me which is fine fine <laughs> no problem okay benny's tools and cutlery says let's be honest craig getting hung up on had me in stitches great podcast it was great to have a laugh see he liked the he liked the hanging up uh, and Matt the Wangle says, um, <laughs> Matt the Wangle, um, uh, between that, uh, Drunk Craig's best episode ever. It's no Jam and Cocker, but it, ha- no, it was no Ben Jam and Cocker, but it had me laughing. Um, there's a- you know, it would be great to do like a highlight reel of, oh. there's been some moments where I've lost it Dude. laughing, and we all have, and we've cracked up laughing. And it would be great 
you know, to go through them all and come up with a 15-minute show of just the best bits. But I'm putting a, a bounty a out content. there. If you come up with an hour and a half best of show of Knife Talk, Oof. funniest moments, I will... I will. We will do something special for you. I've been dying. I've been thinking about how to do it because you know you and I talked about this years ago, saying I yeah. really wish we could do a best of show. If you did a best of show of Knife Talk, I guarantee you we have an hour and a half of fucking hilarious shit. Ben Jam and yeah. Cocker and the banana tailpipe <laughs> and you'd, you'd, you you. I'm putting a bounty out there. You come up with a well edited somebody not. Craig, you got someone. You got kids. To, you got kids to deal with. <laughs> you an hour and a half best of knife talk, and we'll do something nice for you. Um, and an FAQ show as well would be good. A frequently asked questions show, where there's you know there's a bunch of questions we get asked quite regularly. If we just had a show where those questions were asked and we give our answers, we could just direct people to that show all the time. It would be pretty pretty sweet. And here's a funny one. This one comes from. T-Sack Basement Made 90. He says, man, the new show just cracked me up. Here's a small thing, though. It's not T-Sack. <laughs> it's, <laughs> although, he says, it's not T-Sack. I call him T-Sack. It, I guess it's Sack. But he says, yeah. although T-Sack had put me in tears. So <laughs> now it's still t Now it's going to be T-Sack. I mean, it's like Matt the Wangle. It's going to be Matt, not Matt Angel anymore. Matt the Wangle. You're T-Sack. It's just the way it is. He must have heard T-Sack before. I think that's not an American thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I got other stuff, but if you wanted to you know whatever you guys want to do. I tell you what we haven't done for a long time. Um, dreams of the week. Let's start with Morocco. What's what's the big plan for the week? Like, plan for the week. Um, well, today's the last day in the shop for the week. But I guess I guess we're talking about next week. Uh, I have actually something's getting banged around. Anyways, yeah. um, uh, what was it last year? About this time, or was it just before Christmas last year? I was working on some Smith and Bard knives with my wife, and we were mm. trying to get them finished before kind of like the big Christmas holiday shopping and it ended up happening like a couple weeks getting finished like a week or two later. And at that point I was like, it's too late to try to do this. So we've been sitting on those knives. So this week, uh, my goal is to get those cleaned up and, um, cause they just been sitting for last year. Um, and really get them ready to, I got to get them sharpened and photographed and everything and, uh, and get them sold. Um, in this coming week or get you know get yeah. them ready to be sold for, for this coming week um are you doing your own photos now or are you send them all off to um i basically have always done my own photos uh i've only sent a couple oh. things out to be photographed um and unfortunately they weren't always the greatest experience so I, i'm not really hot on that right now um but anyways i yeah and then this damascus i'm working on to finish getting that and put together and get a blade forged out of that, I would really like to get that done in the next week. Nice. Jeffrey? I had a really good experience. I, uh, I had... Uh, we Dragon's Breath Forge announced a class I was going to teach, a blacksmithing class. And we sold it out and 
24 hours. So I'm super, wow. super happy about that. And then, wow. Congratulations. yeah, I'm really happy about that. Well, it, it was also a lot of like, you know, I'd heard from other people, well, you know, blacksmith classes are hard to sell. I'm like, let's fucking turn it up. So the cool thing is, is a lot of listeners from the podcast are going to be in there. So I know uh, Kyle Heath's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, Camacho Knives is going to be there. And there's a few other guys who listen to the podcast. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be October 16th. And then been getting messages from Pat Quinn about the class. It's not ready to be released. I got to send the contract back to him, but uh, I'm looking forward to that opening up at some point soon. And then I have some things next week. I got some things coming. I got some things coming that it's just like, it's more embarrassing to talk about than anything else. But other than what, that, work related or I'm getting a Peloton full blast bought me a Peloton. So I'm going to get a it's bit. It's a bit embarrassing. I mean, <laughs> I'm psyched. I'm psyched because we've been, my wife and I have been talking about it for quite a while. And then wait, who bought full you a Peloton? Full Blast Podcast. The Full Blast Podcast. So, like, oh, right. you know, my sponsors. <laughs> that's, that's right. The one. That's from Nick. And, that's from. That's from Nick Canselmo. That, Nick Canselmo did that. My that, that yes. um, Nick Canselmo. Oh, I thought that was so. Ken. Yeah. No. No. I I would have loved it if Craig did, but you know, Nick Canselmo. I hated what the the free one that I had to pick. And then I bitched about it, and then Nick says, "I have a band. We'll we'll do you a stinger." And he did it right at the first one. I was just like, "This is it." So um, yeah, so that, and then more doctor's appointments this coming week, and you know everything's good. I got no problems, you know. So cool. I might be getting the old. G- you're having the, the thorough, thorough health check. Jeez. Might be get, I'm getting the hook this week. So oil check. Oh. I'm getting the hook. So we'll see. Oof. Hey, look, <laughs> that's what's gonna that's what's gonna go in my ears. I'm gonna when when they're I'm gonna be playing those harps in my ears when I'm getting like <laughs> yeah. you know when I'm gonna be gripping the table and like you know <laughs> preparing Angels whispering into your ears. Yeah, where am I, how come what is that my whole hand? What's going on here? What's <laughs> the hell? Are you gonna film it for your for your OnlyFans page? No. Uh, no. Yeah. None yeah. of that stuff's allowed on OnlyFans. <laughs> Not Marley. anymore. Right. They turned. Not they turned. Anymore. They turned. OnlyFans changed their minds after the terrible backlash. So they're gonna. You can put mm. your. You can put your genitals on all the, all the time. You don't have to worry. They're not, they're, cool. Genitals are all, genitals are us. Don't worry. I know what I'm up to tonight. Then. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, my week. So yeah, we come to a as uh, like a short chart. Short. Whoa. Short. Short. <laughs> short. Sharp. Stop. This week, where I had all these big plans. Um, but um. The kids didn't play ball, um, but the uh, next week I am like I said, I'm back to full time, you know, um, which is it's it's been a big big shock um, because I did, didn't realize how much life was sort of taken away from you know what I was doing. You know, each week I was, I was doing less and less, less time in the shop, and I mean we, again we talked about this on the show the other day that I felt a bit of a sort of fraud coming on the show because you know when we talk about what we've been up to this week. Mine was always like family stuff or house stuff, you know. It was like I haven't had the time to, you know, to get into the shop. So I'm back to full time. So yeah, I'm really, really pleased, and it's, um, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. Um, also, we are playing a gig as well on Thursday. We Ooh. so I didn't mention what we played the gig about two weeks ago. Um, well, we've had three bookings to play um, other places, nice. which is. Which is really nice, yeah. So it shows that people sort of enjoyed it, I suppose. So we've got one coming on Thursday, one the following Saturday, and we've got one coming up, which is... It's actually on a Friday, so we're going to have to look at maybe changing this show 
um, for that for that weekend, um, which is I, th- I think that's the beginning of October. So that's that's a good sort of three four weeks away. Um, but yeah, it's just been really surprising. So it's been really nice that people have sort of said, you know, come and play for us as well. So that, that's that's nice. But yeah, time in the shop. That's that's the main thing, which is, which is very nice. Sean Ariani, our friend Sunset Ford. <laughs> said to me I knew he'd send say me a message well listen sent me a message saying I really wish Craig would let me hear his version of Heroes <laughs> now I follow you on Twitter and I noticed that you posted on Twitter your yeah. version of Heroes and I listened to it and I sounded great it sounded great it, and it wait, was a, you want me, yeah, let me just tell okay, you okay. let me just tell you the story it sounded awesome and I sent it to John and this is what John said. It sounded way better than I was expecting. And I wish I could break his balls about it because I really would like to. He enjoyed it. He, and then he said, Craig already sent it to me. So He sent me, he sent me a, I think it was a text actually. Um, from I, I'm not sure how he contacted me anyway. But anyway, um, saying, um, I've heard you did a version of Heroes. Any chance I can have a listen? And um, we were rehearsing the next day. So I took my digital recorder in and just plugged it into the board. So I literally just took a, a you know, just a, for John, a, a, just for John. Wow. And then we actually, re- I actually recorded the whole rehearsal and I listened back and it, it wasn't too bad. So, so yeah, we put a couple of sort of our rehearsal stuff up just so you know, us as a band we can you know hear it and work out what we're doing wrong and so on. Just to let you know, without him thinking that I'm talking to you about it, he was very complimentary, which is slightly abnormal. You know, normally, <laughs> really normally well. he would have just yeah. been like, "What the fuck?" No, he was. You were what great. No, he was this? like, "No, he was, he was great." <laughs> it was great. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, that I mean, that's been taking up a fair bit of my time as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been, I've been really enjoying doing it. So yeah, it's, it's all pretty cool. So, that's great. but yeah, full time in the shop this week, which is yeah, and I've got a shitload to get through as well. <laughs> I've got a lot of work to be doing. So. So yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Give him hell. That's the week. That's the week. Should we call it a day? Do you think? Sounds good. What, think next so. week, the two hundredth episode. Two hundredth. You want to have a little? You have a little hint of what we're doing, or are we gonna have somebody there's, on? Um, well, there's a quiz which I've been working on for a number of weeks. So we, you know, we've done a few quizzes, and they've always followed the same sort of "Who wants to be a millionaire?" Right. style. Um, this is different. This is different. So you may want to get a phone a friend just in case for one of the rounds. Hmm. Um, but you may also want to swat up on um, prices of things. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. You may want to swat up on 80s game shows. Okay. That's the sort of style we're going. Okay. That's the okay. sort of style we're going. It should be fun. It should be fun. Okay. Yeah. Right. There's a music round as well again. Which is, which 200th is nice. episode next week. Tune in. Yes, yes. So if you guys want, got anybody you think would be, you know, a good guest on the show, we can make some calls in the show as well, um, which could be quite nice. Just call people up. Fingle. and uh Fingle on. Fingle's always good value, isn't yeah, it? He yeah, he loves it. Yeah. yeah. Media whore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be good. <laughs> media whore. Could be good. Media whore. Media whore. <laughs> yes, so that's next week. That's our 200th show. I, I need to check. I think it's next week. I think, yeah, I think this is 199. Let's make sure. Let's do a quick chat. Let me do a quick... If not, it's the following week, but I'm pretty sure it's next week. Let me have a quick Yes, it's next week, because we're up on... This one was drowning and something or other. 98 was last week. Yeah, okay, cool. There you go. 
Right, okay. That's the show. Thank you all for listening once again. And um, we shall see you for our, our special edition next week. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.